Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Time now for the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Nasty on a Tuesday. It's a fast line on 101 ESPN with Kerry Davis to Anthony Stalter. Jamie's got kind of an interesting setup if you go to the Air Alliance YouTube channel at 101 ESPN STL. He's in his hotel in Toronto, but it's almost like he's hosting a podcast of friends. <laughs> and I'm expecting you at some point to just be doing this with a whiskey glass. He should. He's got a with the whiskey rocks. <laughs> yes. So Unfortunately, tell, it's water right it's now, water. Anthony. But so you know, tell me nice about the time. Tell me about the time, guys, <laughs> that you felt most empowered. Like, it, doesn't it look like that, Kerry? It does. He looks like he's uh, very relaxed. Look like on one a couch, suave mother. Yeah, just chilling, guys. Yeah. This traveling around with pro teams isn't a bad gig. I'm not going <laughs> to lie to you at all. They give us hotel rooms with, like, these big couches and stuff. I'm like, all right, I'll take it. Yeah, why not? Set up for comfort today, boys. Yeah, I would say so. So Jamie's with us for the first hour of the show. We're off a little early tonight. Oh, I because forgot got, about that. Oh, Carrie that just... That is gets- a... You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Carrie just Carrie oh, just oh. returned from the bathroom and saw that his meal was was right in front of him. Yes, yeah, right there. I was ready to roll. Yep. That's all. You awesome. go to the bathroom, you kind of hope that the you food don't really is there think, when you come back. You don't really think about and then there it is. It's there. It's one of the best feelings in the world. I like Carrie, it. Carrie just received that. So yeah, five o'clock pregame tonight as the Blues take on the Maple Leafs. The Red Hot Blues, who have had a lot of success against Toronto in previous meetings. Jamie, next two games, you got Maple Leafs, you got Oilers. Will this tell us all we need to know about this rendition of the Blues? Well, I don't know. I mean, every game's a different test. And I think that the Toronto Maple Leafs and Edmonton Oilers have high-powered offenses. So, yeah, will you be tested as far as, like, your defensive structure and things like that? Yeah, absolutely. But you also played teams like the Vancouver Canucks mm-hmm. and other teams that were you know, highly powered teams, really good hockey clubs that you had to be you know, ready for and, and ready to go. And, and you had to make sure your defensive structure was in place, just like we're talking about. So I think for me, every game right now is a test for the Blues. And it's not like it's going to tell us everything we need to know. Like right now, guys, this is a playoff team. It is. And so... The biggest thing for the Blues is they just can't go into a two or three game losing skid. You will lose games. I mean, I know I know we like winning a lot, but you will lose games. And when it happens, you just have to cauterize it immediately. You know, you lose one, you regroup, you get back at it, and you're ready to go for the next one. But it's certainly going to be interesting to see what it looks like tonight because the Leafs have a ton of firepower, and then we're still sitting here in limbo as to what Morgan Riley's going to receive for a suspension. I know he won't be playing tonight, but you know how lengthy will it be, and then what will their defensive core look like? Right. So a lot of things are lined up pretty cool. Well, Jamie, you said the Blues are a playoff team. Yesterday at 3:23, we wrote it down. Anthony Stalter said they are a Stanley Cup final team. At 3:23, we, we wrote it down. He said it, and then we had a texter, a call in, said Ed said the same thing. So they are in agreement. Are, are you on that page with Anthony and our, our caller from yesterday, Ed? 
Uh, yeah, why not? There you go. Let's go, well, baby. I, I wish I could. You need a pair of these. You and both of you guys. There you go. Yeah. No, you can keep oh, those. Settle down there, Mr. Steelers. <laughs> My goodness. So, Jamie. He's ready to go the distance with Kenny Pickett right now. You Slow better down, Kerry. Yeah. We're on our way. <laughs> Arthur Smith? Uh, you guys oh, my goodness. <laughs> so, that Jamie, hurt. what I did say was that this trade deadline, it reminds me of the 2019 trade deadline in terms of how Doug Armstrong is going to approach it. That was the year that he said, they got, they got on a bit of a roll. I'm going to play this thing out. There's really no deal to be made. He made the one move, I think, for Michael Delzato and said, we're going to let the chips fall where they may. It reminds me of the 20, 2019 trade deadline. Now, what Carrie heard was me say that this Marsh. is 2019 all over again. What did you write down in 323 yesterday? I wrote down that Anthony said that this team is exactly <laughs> like the 2019 Stanley Cup champions. There you go. Exactly. We both heard it. Exactly. Jamie, I'm only I res- kind of heard the same thing, Anthony. <laughs> there well, you go. I mean, whenever you directly correlate anything to 2019, I mean, if it doesn't end up with a ring, I mean, uh, I'm wrong, right? We doing? I'm only responsible for what I say, not for what you people hear. So, he said that. that Jamie Rivers will be in the parade having a great time shirtless. because this team shirtless yeah let's go ham sauced <laughs> in a thong <laughs> in a thong absolutely can you so, imagine that sight oh, oh man well at that point i don't think people would mind yeah it, hey, it, it would be the summer it'd be in june that's really? true so, somewhat expected yeah that's just yeah. <laughs> I mean, Jamie, you're synonymous now with the, the thong the during celebration. Yeah, the, the, the Speedo during yeah. celebration. So, go for sense. speed, Anthony. Yeah. That's what I call Built it. Built for Built speed for is speed. right. Yeah. Tori Krug at five assists Sunday as the Blues defeated the Canadian 7 2. Krug's five assists and points were the most in a game by a defenseman in Blues history. One off, Jamie, or are you. Are How you, you seeing, like me now, Anthony? <laughs> are you seeing <laughs> some momentum being created for Tori Krug? Yeah, absolutely. You know, we talked about it uh, Was it yesterday. We talked about just his progression as an all-around defenseman, and things weren't clicking early on for not just Tory Krug, but the power play. And when you're a power play specialist, or that's kind of how you've made, made your money in the NHL, by being a power play guy, if the power, if the power play stinks, then it definitely affects you as a player. Mm-hmm. But what I liked about Tory Krug is he just said, that's fine, I'm just going to play harder defensively. I'm going to be able to kill penalties. I'm going to play physical. I'm going to compete every night. And is it always perfect? No. No, it isn't. But at least you can tell that he cares. And so for me, this is now a product of his hard work. And it's a product of the other guys, too. So five assists when you're a guy that passes the puck, somebody has to score. I mean, that's just the way it is. So now you're getting guys that are finishing as well. So I like the direction that Tory Krug is headed in. I like the direction that the Blues are headed in, and I love the direction that the power play is headed in. Jamie, the Blues sit at second in the wild card standing. They are only three points behind Edmonton for the third seed. Do you in the, do you see them? Well, I'm sorry. Where am I at? That, wrong. They're, they are close enough to getting <laughs> a three seed. Do you see them making a push to get, in the, to get a three seed or even, even a two seed? Well, look, obviously they want to win every single game. You talk to this group right now, and – they believe they can compete in every single game. And it's going to be a bit of a treacherous schedule coming up here. You're playing some 
some tough teams, some good offensive teams, some some absolute playoff teams. So the gimmies you know, aren't necessarily going to be here in the next little bit for the Blues. So you have no choice but to go into every game anticipating that you're going to win or compete in that game. And I, I don't know. I, I don't think this group is looking like, hey, we need to catch three or, hey, we need to catch two. I think they're looking at it as, let's just go win the game that's in front of, in front of us right now. And I think, honestly, I think that's the best mentality because you know this, Kerry. You start looking beyond teams or you start looking down the road and all of a sudden the wheels start to fall off. And the teams that are successful are the ones that can focus on what the task is that lies directly ahead of them, worry about that, strategize for that, compete in that game, and then following that game, move on to the next one. The old Bill Belichick, you know, we're on to Cincinnati. Got to have that mentality. Jamie, what did you think of the Morgan Riley? five-minute major he's gonna he's gonna yeah. have an in-person meeting with the nhl so i here's the thing is i think it was a stupid play by morgan riley yeah i do i mean the game's, guy goes in and over. takes a slap shot into your open net what's the difference if right. he comes in and one hands it what's the difference if he does a backflip and then puts it in it doesn't matter it right. only counts for one goal for me you've always got to look at the bigger picture and Morgan Riley's your best defenseman. He plays between 22 and 25 minutes a night, sometimes even higher, depending on if it's overtime and things like that. So you've lost that guy now. And Morgan Riley's not scaring anybody, like ever. So what are you even doing? And if you really want to send a message at that point, just as soon as the guy takes that slap shot and that, drop your gloves and stick and skate after him. Mm-hmm. What's the worst that's going to happen then? You're going to get a five minute for fighting, mm-hmm. thrown out of the game. There's no chance of a suspension. There's no chance of a fine at that time. The game's already over, so you haven't hurt your team any more than what has already happened. Sure. So I thought it was a buffoon move. I really did. And, and I know people are like, oh, old school. Hey, the, the code, the code, the code schmode. Okay, you, you have bigger <laughs> things that lie ahead of you right now. Honestly, the code. The code hasn't been there since 1995 or 96. Like, give me a freaking break, guys. Like, holy crap. Let's focus here. And even then, like, there would, it would have been like, okay, note to self, next time we play. Yeah. You know, like, we have bigger things to worry about. If you're the Toronto Maple Leafs, you've been in the postseason seven times here in the last seven years and won one series. One. What do you worry about Ridley Gregg for in a slap shot into an open net? Like, my God. Right. So I thought it was dumb. I think he should suffer the consequences of the five or six games. Starting and night. learn from it. Yeah. Yep. 212, your time check is brought to you by Collection Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. So the Blues will be in Toronto tonight. Six o'clock puck drop. Five o'clock pregame right here on your home of the Blues. Blues one. Uh, the Blues Radio Network on 101 ESPN. Jamie will also have his uh, 16 or so keys to victory. I like 66. That was a 66. good number for us. Yeah, yeah. 66. Oh, good number. closer. <laughs> <laughs> and the first goal of the game, that'll that'll happen at the, the last segment of the first hour here. Again, we're off a little earlier today. That means we've got a, an early what's trending co- coming for you next on 101 ESPN. Back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's time to find out what's going on in the sports world with What's Trending Now, brought to you by Goodwill. Donate a car and get tickets to the St. Louis Cardinals. Time for what's trending here in the fast lane on 101 ESPN with Jamie Rivers live from Toronto. Kerry Davis, 
I'm Anthony Stalter. Here's Andrew Marsh with What's Trending. Guys, it looks like the Mets are going for a sustainable competitiveness now. Whatever that means. (laughs) (laughs) What are your guys' thoughts? Well, so <laughs> they tried the other way and it didn't work. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So they they are changing things up now. They have a new president of baseball operations that ha- is taking them in a different direction. So David Stearns, who used to be with Milwaukee, he has taken the Mets in, in more of a, we're going to long play this thing. Okay. I realize Stephen Cohen, you've got a lot of money. I'm not saying we won't dip into that at some point. But we have to set up a baseline here so that we can sustain success moving forward. If you want to throw throw your you know your money around for a big time free agent when the time is right, great. We'll we'll go down that route. But for now, we need to change how we're approaching business here because you can't it's you can't win the wild wild west. It doesn't it doesn't work. Wouldn't you rather be the the president of baseball operations for an owner that's willing to throw money around as opposed to one that is not? Certainly. So there's two different school, schools of thought here though. So like Dave Dombrowski for example, he goes to Philadelphia mm-hmm. and Philadelphia's owner says I want to spend my money stupidly. And David right. Dave Dombrowski goes, I got no problem with that. <laughs> Dave Dave Dombrowski has never been the guy. He's the guy that built the Tigers when they went to two World Series, lost to the Cardinals, lost to the Giants. He was the one that built the Tigers by making moves like the one for Miguel Cabrera. Give me the proven talent. I don't care about the prospects. But then he ruins the farm system a lot of times for for who he's... So that's not necessarily sustainable. But you get a guy like Dombrowski, he can can spend an owner's money, no problem. But is is it sustainable? So I read this article in Newsday, and I thought to myself, "Eh, this sounds like the Cardinals. Because the Cardinals have this approach. They have had this approach under John Mosellock. We are going to take the long view of things. I don't think he'll admit it, but the division sucks. He knows the division stinks. He can do just enough. He can he can keep his prospects. He doesn't have to make too many big time moves. If something like Arenado comes about and the and the president of the Rockies is, is hammered, and he can Mo can call him <laughs> and do a deal like he did, great. But if not, he's not he's not going to overstep especially not now after he screwed up the Marcelo Zuna trade and the Randy Rosarina trade this reminds me a lot of the Cardinals though this is like the model for a lot of teams but it also leads to a frustrated fan base when you when you don't produce I don't care what your model is you got to produce so here's my thoughts on it is the Mets went the other way they went crazy like just going to spend money like it's on fire and it didn't work we we all know it didn't work and now, you know, for Cardinals fans who, Anthony, to your point, hate hearing certain things, I'm about to say something that they're going to hate. Oh, boy. But hear me out. The Mets are taking a page right out of the Cardinals book, like you said. Why are they doing that? Because, because it's a successful, sustainable model. Yeah. Blech, right? Everybody mm-hmm. just threw up right now. You're driving around. I'm sorry about the cleanup in your front seat right now. <laughs> Apologize for that. It's going to stink for a little bit, roll down the windows. (laughs) Yeah, you'll be just fine. Uh, Tell the Uber you'll pay for it. Um, But I've been down that road. Now, (laughs) just saying, uh, um, now the the difference between the Mets and the Cardinals is that if the Mets are sticking to this sustainable model, Mm -hmm. but then they have a chance to hit the nitrous oxide button. They will. They will. And I think that's the difference is... One, they have the ability, and two, they will. Mm-hmm. 
Cardinals, certainly the DeWitts and the Cardinals organization have the ability as well. Not quite the same ability as the Mets, that's for sure. Nobody really does. But they won't do it. That's the difference. Right. No, you're you're right. So you have you, you're you're supposed to have the best of both worlds. Kime Bloom is now with with the Cardinals as I don't know, consultant, advisor, whatever his role is. But when he was hired by the Red Sox, the thought was we'll take Tampa Bay's model, which has proven to work, but also have the ownership group with the financial means to hand out some money when it's appropriate. And it How'd did that work. Did not work well. <laughs> the two things did not mix well for whatever reason. He did, Kyle Bloom did completely overhaul Boston's farm system. Oh, he sure did. But he's not there he also to, see traded, it, to see the fruits no, of his labor, though. He, he's not. And everybody just remembers the fact that he gave up Mookie Betts yeah. for Alex Verdugo, who's yeah. now a Yankee. Like, it, it, it didn't work there. But the idea of David Stearns who came from Cleveland, Houston, and then most recently Milwaukee for eight years. The idea is we can build this thing the right way and then also sprinkle in some of your money when the time is right. This is exactly what Boston tried. It didn't work for them. I don't know if it's going to work for the Mets, but again, the idea is there. I think we do have to put into consideration the the division. We talk a lot about the Cardinals being in a soft division, a terrible division, okay, a garbage ter- division. Okay, all right. Any other? Those are, those are harsh words. You got th- in any given year, only two teams are in trying that in that division, division. Just just a division. <laughs> it's horrible. Just, okay. Well, okay, I, we what, get it. The worst <laughs> division in baseball. Okay, we get it. God. What I'm saying is when you are the Mets and you're in a division with the Braves and the Philadelphia Phillies and the Miami Marlins, who all made the playoffs, your strategy, they tried the strategy of spending a lot of money and like, you know what the hell is this? We got to trade some guys, get these guys off the books, let's reset. And they said they were going to try again in 2025. Maybe they figured that might be a little too long, so we're going to go in this way. But I wonder how hard is it when you are in a division with teams like superstars mm-hmm. that the Braves have, that the Phillies have, to compete and and try to excel and succeed in that in that division when you have such great teams. Can I can I ask you a question then? So the Cardinals being in the central, okay, they're they're not in that division. They don't have to do as much yep. and win it. However, one of one of my biggest frustrations, in fact, the biggest frustration I have is them not looking beyond that. Why wouldn't the Cardinals I, I agree. Change their approach because they're going to have to face these teams anyways. That's, yeah. I get the idea of winning the division, getting in. You got to get in before you can win it all, all that. But why would the Mets and Cardinals have two different approaches, even though they're in the, they're in different divisions? You're still ultimately trying to win a pennant and then a World Series, and you have to face these teams down the road anyways. So why would you why would you have the approach of let's just win the Central? You know you're going to be short when it's all said and done, unless you catch enough breaks along the you way. You never know, Anthony. Well, you're right. 2006, you are, 2011. Right. Here's the thing, curse. Anthony. You just got to get oh, in. Boy. That's all you got to do. Once you get in, anything <laughs> is possible. Okay, that's all we try to <laughs> Wait, do. We get into this. We glasses. get in. We get in. He's been breaking and then these things you out. You can a lot. win. Hmm. I don't understand why you don't understand. This is a division. We win it. We get in, and then the possibilities of winning it all are, yeah, endless. Just get in. Anthony, once you get it in there, you just never know what can happen. There you right? go. You just never know. You can win once you get yeah. in. 
Yeah, I think we know. Exactly. It's well fascinating on 101 ESPN. <laughs> Does Tory Krug look like a completely different player? We'll get Jamie's thoughts on that. Yeah, he's got the same haircut. As well as the third place in the Central Division. That was that was something that some of us talked about. Ah, it could be a reality. Didn't, didn't Army say that? Third place in the Central, right? That's what he said. He almost guaranteed it. Well, is it still obtainable? <laughs> Attainable for the Blues. We'll talk about it next on 101 ESPN. The smartest way to do your homework is Heckman Lumber. Warm weather means homework for homeowners. If your homework means a new deck, turn to the deck experts at Hackman Lumber. Browse the largest inventory of decking materials and deck accessories in Missouri at Hackman Lumber Company. Talk with their experts about treated lumber, cedar, timber tech, trex, evergreen, and azek to find the best deck for you. Check out endless choices of railings, balusters, and LED deck lighting options. Hackman Lumber Company will not be undersold on in-stock decking materials guaranteed. You can choose to do it yourself with Hackman's expert advice, or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Hackman Lumber St. Peter's is your go-to place for a huge selection of quality bedding plants, perennials, and hanging baskets. They also carry topsoil and potting mix for your gardening needs. Come visit all Hackman Lumber showrooms in St. Charles, Pacific, and Troy, Missouri, or online at hackmanstl.com. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's Fast Lane on 101 ESPN with Jamie Rivers and Kerry Davis. I'm Anthony Stalter. The Blues, the way that they have played of late, gets us thinking about something that Doug Armstrong said his goal was coming into the year, which was third place in the Central Division. Well, it didn't seem like it was that realistic about a month, month and a half ago. Kerry, you had mentioned this, though, in the in the segment that we did on the Blues to start the show. It's not, it's not all of that unreasonable to think that the Blues can catch the Oilers, who are currently the team now uh, in the, or the, the Jets, who are currently in the Central, the third in the Central. So, Jamie, you watch this team night in, night out. You've seen every game. You've seen the changes that they made. You've seen the changes and the success and the results of that with the power play. Certain guys like Tory Krug turning around his game. Do you think third place is that out of reach? Um... You do. Okay. I, I, <laughs> I heard it in your voice. Well, <laughs> All right. Well, no. But listen, Anthony, it's a nine-point gap between Winnipeg and St. Louis right now. Ain't no, ain't that, no mountain for a, ain't no hill for a climber. You know what I mean? Yeah, Anthony. Well said. <laughs> you're you're always so well spoken. Um, <laughs> but when I look at it, Winnipeg's had a hell of a season. So we're we're expecting to we're we're hoping two things happen: that all of a sudden they decide to play terrible for an extended period of time, and your team catches absolute fire, to which you've won seven out of your last eight. So I would consider that that your team has caught fire here mm-hmm. a little bit. So, again, I just don't think this team can be worried about trying to catch the Winnipeg Jets. Just win every game that's in front of you and focus on that. And here's a couple of interesting numbers for you. <clears throat> that Our guy, JR, Jeremy Rutherford of The Athletic, he posted this on X yesterday i started calling it just x nice job yeah i don't know why but i just decided i'm tired of double talking about sure. it. that's fine <laughs> you know got i don't have time in my day to say both. <laughs> so i'm tired of saying twitter or slash x or x right. slash twitter you know what i'm saying right now. good for you 
Yeah. Okay, thank you. I okay. feel like I feel like you're not wasting any time even explaining this. Get <laughs> your thought process yeah. on it. Nice job, Jamie. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. That's where we're gonna speed it up. So from now on, I'm just gonna call it X. Fair. Okay. So JR on X, uh, well the the website, of course. Um, <laughs> he, uh, <laughs> previously, previously Twitter. I couldn't help myself. I couldn't help myself. He had stats of the Blues since January 20th. And their goals per game is 3.63. That ties them for second in the NHL. Goals against per game, two. That's the third fewest in the NHL. Five on five goals for 14. Five on five goals against 12. Now that's the area that they could use some improving on is five on five scoring. Their power play. 37.5%, 37.5%, which puts them wow. second in the NHL since that time. And their penalty kill, 90%, mm. which ties them for seventh since January 20th. Anthony, mm. what have I always said? Of course, I stole it from a guy named Scotty Bowman, who knows a little bit about hockey. But what have I always said about your league ranking for your power play and your league ranking for your penalty kill? If those two things combine to equal 10 or less, you're a playoff team. Yeah, you're a contender. Mm-hmm. And I, I know that's a stretch right now because it's just been since January 20th. But you you have to look at the difference that's happened in this team since the coaching change as well. Like, you go back there, you can pull numbers on that too. Since Drew Bannister's taken over, this team is, I believe they're, they've been seventh, sixth or seventh in the NHL in power play percentage. So you're winning a lot of games. My point is that right now, the way the blaze, the blues, the blaze, the blues, let's try that one again, are currently playing. This is the playoff team. Now, whether you catch the Winnipeg jets or whether you don't, it doesn't matter. You know, John Kelly and I were talking about this last night at dinner and like, this is a team that I don't think anybody wants to play in the first round. Like you don't like even the Vancouver Canucks, you've won two out of three against the Vancouver Canucks this year. You, you know, who knows what the Oilers, we'll, we'll see what happens here on Thursday. That's a whole brand new Oilers team. They've been on fire too. But if you look at it across the top teams, you've, you've won, you're have you 2-0-1 against the Dallas Stars. So, like, you fear no one. And if you have a guy named Jordan Bennington that's between the pipes who can win you a series outright, I don't know, man. I'm not saying that this team is anywhere near ready yet to start, you know, mapping out the parade route. But I think it's a playoff team, and it's a, I think it's a team that nobody really wants to play in the first round. Well, you and Anthony clearly disagree there. Uh, okay. Jamie, seven of – yeah, he thinks they're going to win. Seven of oh, last yeah. eight games. At least he's positive right oh, now. Oh, yeah, Terry, he should put the glasses on. He guys, just you know? pretends like he didn't say it, New though. year, new you, Anthony. Mm-hmm. We heard him say it. Yeah. How can you they – You guys are full of crap. <laughs> There's your positivity. <laughs> can they keep up this pace? Like, Is this real what we're seeing? We talked about it before the All-Star break and, and which Blues team they were actually. Were they the team that went on five in a row or were they the team that lost to Columbus before the break? Can they keep this pace? Uh, well, I'd love to see that. Now, again, you know, talking to people just around the team in the last you know, four or five days, it's it, – if you can go – Seven and three in 10 game increments, your team's going to be a rock star team. Mm. And right now you've won seven out of your last eight. So if you're fortunate enough here to split the last two games, let's say you win tonight and lose against the Oilers. Let's just say that happens. You end up eight and two in that 10 game segment. You'll take that. And if that's the case, then this team's capable of winning seven out of the next 10 games following that. 
And I think that has to be the standard. I think for this team, we talked about this before. I, I used to talk about five-game segments. Make sure you're minimum three and two in those. Well, if that's the case, you end up six and four in a 10-game segment. You just got to squeak out another win somewhere. Mm-hmm. And that makes it seven and three. Very few teams put together 10-game segments that are that successful. So if you're able to do that, the biggest thing for the Blues right now is creating that distance between the teams that are right on your heels and yourselves. You know, it's, it's the Kings right now and the Blues in those first two wild card spots. Nashville's lingering around there. You've got two games in hand on them. So if you win those two games, boy, that, that creates a nice cushion. Calgary lost last night. Seattle lost last night. Like, tonight is a huge game for the Blues. You have to win tonight. If you win tonight, man, you put yourself in a really good spot to have that stumble. I don't want to talk about negativity, but you're going to have that speed bump or that stumble along the way. And it's easier to have those moments when you've got a four or five or six point cushion on the teams that are behind you that are chasing you down because they want to get into the playoffs. So can they keep up this pace? Probably, but do they have to? Yeah, they absolutely have to try and keep this going. Kerry asked you this yesterday. I asked you this today Some in, di- in different ways. We continue to get text about it, though. Following his five-point uh, performance the other night, does Krug look like a completely different player to you, or does he look like somebody that the confidence has been restored? You've played at the highest level, Jamie. You know that confidence, as much as you don't want to admit it, can ebb and flow based on how you're playing, based on how the team is playing, based on if you're overthinking things. Do you see a different player in Krug, or do you just see somebody whose confidence has returned? No, I, I see both. I see a different player and because of a confidence thing. You know, look at how hard would it be for anybody in this world to be asked to leave their job or leave the city that they're working in in the offseason? And he said, no, I don't want it. I don't want to go to Philadelphia or anywhere else at this point. I want to be a blue. I want to come back and play. But that stings, man. That would hurt your pride in a big way. It would hurt mine anyways. I would feel like, oh, no, man, they don't want yeah. me. Rather than, hey, the Philadelphia Flyers or whomever wants me, I'd feel more like this team doesn't want me and they're the ones who signed me. So, But instead of like kind of tucking his tail and just kind of going over and, and sitting in the corner, he puffed up, man. Mm-hmm. He said, screw this. I'm going to play. And when things weren't going his way offensively, for me, the biggest difference that has happened with Tory Krug is he's proven that he can play in every situation. Is he a Norris Trophy defenseman as a defending guy, as a shutdown defenseman, or as a penalty kill guy? No. But what he's proven is he can play top four minutes in every situation. And for me, that's been the difference. That's where I think he got his confidence back. It wasn't you know, offensively or contributing on the power play, because we know the power play struggled, man. But for me, Tory Krug got his confidence back by playing at a high level, competing, and just not giving up. And now he's reaping the rewards of that and the power place you know, on fire. And I don't think there's a situation now where you're even looking to trade Tory Krug. Like, we always talk about the replacement. Who's the replacement? And if someone says Scott Perunovic, you're kidding yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, you're kidding yourself. The kid can't stay healthy you just can't it's unfortunate and i think he's a great player and he's a hell of a kid i like him a lot but he can't stay healthy so you you want to go you know hang your power play future on scott perunovich well no he only gives me four five six games at a time mm-hmm. so you don't you don't have your replacement for tory krug and if that's the case then you don't move on from that guy 
Jamie, here's a question. We got a bigger sample size now than when we asked this question before. But from the 314, do the Blues need to make the playoffs in order to remove the interim tag and give Drew Bannister a contract? Oh, man. I think Drew Bannister has done a hell of a job, man. I really do. The circumstances that he came in under, you know, maybe the most popular coach in all of Blues history, and that's saying a lot based on the fact that Joel Quenville was here, Scotty Bowman coached here, some notable people, Ken Hitchcock. I think Craig Berube is like a rock star to the people in St. Louis. So imagine coming in and trying to operate in the shadows of that. And he did. He came in and he did exactly what he said he was going to do, is tighten up certain areas and make this team more accountable. And he hasn't lied. And this team has played a completely different brand of hockey from a competitive standpoint day in and day out. This was a team that couldn't win a hockey game when they got down by one goal at mm-hmm. the start of the season. And now they're battling back multiple times from not just one goal deficits, but multiple goal deficits in winning hockey games. Yeah. So I, I think Drew Bannister, if nothing else, if the Blues don't make the playoffs, I think Drew Bannister has put himself in a really good spot to remove their interim tag. If they make the playoffs, I think it's a, for, a, a foregone conclusion that he should be at least given the opportunity to be the head coach of the Blues full-time in the next couple of years. With the Blues in Toronto to take on the Maple Leafs, what are Jamie's keys to victory? You'll hear it next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Tonight at 5 o'clock, you can listen to the pregame show for the Blues and the Maple Leafs right here on 101 ESPN. We'll have the game for you, of course, on the Blues Radio Network. Puck drops at 6 o'clock as the Blues look to continue their hot streak. And Jamie's got some keys to victory tonight. Yes, I do, Anthony. I appreciate you uh, asking me for those keys. Um, Look, you came out of the All-Star break here, and I believe a big key to your success, if you're the Blues, has been Good starts to your game. Uh, the Buffalo game, it wasn't like you got out there and scored a whole bunch of goals, but you were good in the first period. And you follow that Montreal. I mean, 25 seconds in, Tarvchenko has a highlight real goal. We'll take that. I mean, sure, I'll take that tonight for sure if he's ready to do that again. But no, a good start for your team here. Keep this momentum going. There's a real feel-good mentality around this team right now. They had a couple of good practices, Super Bowl get-together. You know, things like that go a long way. So get a good start here in Toronto. It's going to be a lot of pressure. A lot of a lot of guys are from in and around Toronto, a lot of Blues players. Be a lot of friends and family at the game. And it's always better to get in, have a good start, and get after it. So that's the first key. <clears throat> Second key, it follows right on the heels of that, is get pucks in deep. Mm-hmm. Get them in deep. Get to work. Uh, We know that Morgan Riley won't be playing tonight for the Leafs. He's their best defenseman. He's their best zone exit defenseman, which means that when he gets the puck, he creates a breakout situation. He's gone. He gone. So get in and get on those guys. Put the pucks in. Mark Giordano, I think he's going to come back and play. He's been on the sidelines for a while. He's an older player. He's been injured. Get it in his corner. Test him. Get down low. Work the puck down low. I think that'll certainly create a lot of offense when you're down there next key pucks and bodies to the net you've been successful here recently as a team because you've had bodies around the net Mm -hmm. yes it's been on the power play but doesn't matter 
It, it doesn't matter at all. Jake Neighbors has made an absolute season out of standing in the blue paint. Jordan Cairo got rewarded twice the other night for being in and around the blue paint. So if you're the Blues, get pucks and bodies to the net. And also, the goaltending hasn't been sensational for the Leafs this year, which means get in there, create that chaos, make them feel uneasy. Hopefully you capitalize at that point. Keep the power play simple is another one too. I mean, they've got two plays that they've been using here recently, and it's just get it up high, drag the puck across the blue line, back to Robert Thomas, shoot the puck. You know what that is? They call that predictable, which is really easy for your teammates then because you get to the front of that knowing, hey, here comes the puck, and they only have two guys, and we have three down here. Maybe we'll win a puck battle, and you have. You scored three power play goals last game against the Montreal Canadiens, and they had been killing penalties at a pretty good clip. So keep that simple, keep it predictable. And then big thing here, stay above the puck. All that means is make sure you have a high guy. Make sure you have that forward back because the guys like Marner, Matthews, Nylander, Tavares, they're always looking to go. And if you don't stay above the puck, which means in front of that player with the puck, then you're going to be at a disadvantage and those guys can create instant offense and you don't want that to happen. There you go. There's Jamie's keys to victory tonight for the Blues and the Maple Leafs. Time for the first goal of the game. Let's go, boys. We need you to score more goals. Get those loose pucks. Thomas to Cairo. Score! Goal! No big deal. Game winner. All right, I think, Jamie, you still have honors. Marsh. Really? Do you... Do you have the updated standings? You guys suck. I believe Jamie has. First of all, there's been no games played since. There's been two games, but we, of course, appreciate it. We're not on the air when they played them. So. Okay. Well said. My bad. You'll get what's coming to you. I take it back, guys. You'll get what's coming to you, Jamie. So I believe Jamie has three points. Which one of you has two? Carrie has two. Carrie does. Stalter, me and you both have one. Number one. Rounding up the rear. Yeah, you are. Good job, fellas. Good job, Anthony. Keep going. Okay, you got one more than me, <laughs> Carrie. Jamie, who's your who's your call? Jake Neighbors, baby. Like a good neighbor, Jake is there. Come on. This kid has a nose for the yes. net right now. Two games in a row, he scored goals. Yeah. Two in Buffalo. We had the Gordy Howe hat trick last game. Can't stop this kid right now. He's like a dog on the bone. Good luck yeah. getting him out of there. That's who Jake I was going to go with. But you took my guy, so I'm going to have to go Bucci. Pavel Bucinavich. Yeah. Get on the board. Get him on the board. Marsh? Well, Jamie mentioned that there are some players from Toronto that might have family in town at the game. I'm going to go with Jordan Cairo to score the first goal as he is from Toronto, Canada. Nice. Okay. I'm going to go with somebody that's also from Toronto, Canada. Braden Shen. Mm. Oh, he's not from Toronto. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know if he was or not. I just wanted to say. It. Just helping you. He's from Sask- Saskatchewan. Yeah, I don't care. I was going to go enough. with him regardless, and I was going to say he's from <laughs> Toronto. Close, okay, yeah. well, it's up there, Canada. Saint <laughs> St. Louis is close to Buffalo. It's uh, close-ish. Both in the both in the U.S. There you go. You know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, give me, give me Braden Shen tonight to score the first goal. All right, Jamie, you have yourself a great call on Valley Sports Midwest, man. We'll uh, we'll I see will, you tomorrow. We'll see you, yeah, we'll see you back in the studio tomorrow. There you go. We miss Jamie. Jamie has not been in the, in the yeah, studio for while. weeks. Yeah. No. I know. It's 
probably too hot in that damn studio. No, it's perfect, actually. Yeah, it's really nice. Well, yeah. It's about to change. Yeah. <laughs> Break out the parkas. All right, Jamie's got the coverage tonight. Valley Sports Midwest. We've got the coverage right here on 101 ESPN starting at 6 o'clock. Actually, starting at 5 o'clock, excuse me, for the pregame show. 6 o'clock is the puck drop in Toronto as the Blues take on the Maple Leafs. Carrie and I got you covered for the rest of the show. Cardinals off-season additions versus sub- subtractions. We, we've talked about the additions a lot. Haven't spent a lot of time about the, sub- the uh, subtractions this off-season. Are they really going to feel the absence of at least one of these players that they lost in the off-season? We'll talk about that next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. We have discussed a lot about the we've had we've had a lot of discussions about the Cardinals offseason additions. Guys like Matt Carpenter and Kyle Gibson and Sonny Gray and Andrew Kittridge, who they acquired from the, the Rays, Lance Lynn, of course, even Daniel Descalso, who joined the coaching staff. We, we've spent a lot of time talking about the additions. We haven't really talked too much, though, about the subtractions, the guys that they lost this offseason. That includes guys like Dakota Hudson and Andrew Kisner and Tyler O'Neill, Richie Palacios, who was dealt in that deal, Andrew Suarez, Drew Verhagen, Wainwright, of course, retires, Jake Woodford, Juan Yepes, and then uh, Guillermo Zuninga. Do you think out of the losses, Kerry, the Cardinals will truly miss one of these players. And before you answer, what I'm talking about is... Out of the names you just out named? Of the, out of the names that I just named, the, the subtractions, the did guys you, that they did lost. Did you name Jordan Montgomery or you didn't count him? Or I didn't count him because you traded him. Okay. Yeah, that wasn't, that's, that wasn't an offseason right. loss. Guys that finished the season. Correct. And are on to different teams. It, it's, or let me not throw, on the team for 24. Right. Yep. Let, me throw, let me throw one caveat at you. I'm not talking about... Tyler O'Neill hitting a bunch of home runs for a bad Boston team. Mm-hmm. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about an impactful loss. You feel this guy, his absence, you feel it. Kind of like Yadier Molina when he retired. Right. You felt his absence. Whether or not you agreed or disagreed with the handling of Wilson Contreras, there's really nobody that can dispute the loss of Yadier Molina not, not having him behind the plate. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about an impactful loss out of any of these guys. I mean, we joke around about Richie Palacios probably being really good. He was good here for for the time. But when you're looking at all of these names, I don't know if there's a specific person that concerns you or worries you that was on the roster at the end of the year that will not be back or is not not back right now in 24. Mm -hmm. I think there were some upgrades um, to the pitching staff. I know – the expectation was was higher than what the reality was once the season hit. So I think the the pitching staff is better based on you know guys that are no longer here, and I I feel like for the most part you have the majority of your core back in terms of guys that are playing prominent roles and and position players in the field. L- Lars is back. Jordan Walker, 
Tommy Edmond, um, Brendan Donovan will be back and be healthy. You got your corner infielders in Goldie and Arenado. I don't think that there's much. I don't think there was enough of a person that that did enough last year to say, oh, we're, we're really going to miss that guy and wish we had him here right now. And, and maybe there are some guys that, like I said, Richie Palacios may be a guy that surprises some people, but yeah. that's probably the only name off the top of my head that I can think that of. That you're really concerned about. Yeah. Uh, since you said we can't include Jordan Montgomery or Jordan Hicks, mm-hmm. I think out of the, the guys that, are, that have left – Maybe Adam Wainwright from a leadership standpoint, not an on-field standpoint based on how things went last season. Other than that, I can't think of anybody that really stands out where I'm like, oh, man, I really wish we had that guy back because I feel like they got rid of, I'll call it maybe dead weight. Would you call it or that? Some, or some depth, I, some depth that you you can replace. Was it depth, though? I mean, yeah, like technically Dakota Hudson would be considered depth. He's somebody that could make starts for you. But I'm not losing sleep over Dakota Hudson or Jake Woodford. I I, oh, no. I know who they I know who I'm they actually are. Actually, gaining sleep from them. <laughs> <laughs> Dakota Hudson's one of those guys that I know Randy Carricker in the in the mornings carried used to say this to you a lot. It's like, hey, don't watch him pitch. Just yes. watch. Just look at the final look at line. The outcome. Yeah, look at the outcome because he's probably going to keep you in the ball game. It's not going to be pretty. But the bottom line is. There, there was no ceiling there for to go to Hudson. Maybe the floor was somebody that can give you five innings and keep you in the ball game, get get in and out of walks and you know situations where he's got stressful innings that he can get in and out of. But to go to Hudson didn't have a ceiling. I don't, I don't, I I'm tired of watching Woodford and and Hudson get opportunities that maybe could go to a young guy, perhaps a Zach Thompson. Perhaps if he has a great spring training and man, I hope he does a Tink Hence. Mm. You know, somebody that. You could catch lightning in a bottle with if you absolutely are pressed into needing a starter, as opposed to Dakota Hudson, no offense to him, or Jake Woodford, no offense to him, being the next guy up off the assembly lines. Like, here we go. I don't want to see it anymore. So I'm okay with the Cardinals moving on from those players. I think they're redundant. Are you going to miss Homer Hagen? I'm not. Not one bit. I know a lot of opposing pitch, uh, <laughs> I know opposing our, hitters. Our, our will. listeners will. Good name, Drew Homer Hagen for sure. Not, Just didn't work for the Cardinals. No. 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 Okay. Are, wait, are you? No, no. I, I I thought that you know there was nothing. Again, that's why I said there was not a name that when you look at this roster and what they what they lost from last year, what subtractions they have from last year. There's not a name that really sticks out or stands out as a guy that was either a a core guy on this team in terms of his role or even a uh, – I mean, I know you say Adam Wainwright, but I, I just feel like even last year felt like with all of the injuries that he dealt with and he wasn't mm-hmm. performing well, it's hard to be the leader that you have always been mm-hmm. when you aren't performing well. It's almost right. like, hell, I'm going to say to these guys, I ain't doing yeah, good enough sure. myself. Why would they listen to me? Even though you have, you know, the, the, the history and the legacy and, and so much – um, stock in what you're saying, but when you're not performing well, it's hard for you to feel like guys will listen to you. Sure. So I don't know how much his loss is going to hurt in terms of the the clubhouse atmosphere either. I wonder how much of an impact Andrew Kisner and his absence will have yeah. on this pitching staff one. because he did a lot of <laughs> background, like behind the scenes, really digging into the the information for the catchers, mm-hmm. he did a lot of that, and he was just a great dude yeah. that everyone wanted to, to be around. So I wonder if maybe not so much on the field from what he could do, like at the plate and whatnot, but I, I just wonder if that will have an impact. 
I'm I'm almost glad that that that's a really good point because he was somebody that I thought of, but then I thought it's good to not have the safety net. If you're Wilson mm-hmm. Contreras, if you're Yvonne Herrera, you are tasked with getting to know the pitchers, getting to know what they throw, getting to know what they like in certain situations, understanding when a guy is locked in that day, getting getting to 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 know he doesn't have his best stuff, what it requires to get through a game like that. I'm glad the safety net of Andrew Kisner, who apparently is just this work, you know, this this workaholic, somebody that is diving into uh, the, the game plans better, you know, as as much as anyone because he learned from Yachty. I'm glad that 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 guy isn't around. Your safety net is no longer here. Come on, Herrera. Come on, Contreras. Three oh nine. Anthony <laughs> hates Andrew Kisner. There you go. That's what that's what I heard too. Huh. <laughs> and he's a, glad he's gonna, gone. You guys got a good ear, doctor. Or something well, you want to make? Well, this uh, phone is. Oh, hey, look, it came, it came off. Yeah, maybe there you go. Maybe not. So yeah. no. maybe that's why he's not the, hearing you correctly. The, the other, the other thing, and, and Carrie, you kind of just touched upon this with Richie Palacios. If we're if we're all being honest, like that's the subconscious worry. The yeah. subconscious worry is that Richie, Pal- you just traded Randy Rosarina again, or another version of Randy Rosarina again. Tyler O'Neill to me, I think it's going to be predictable. He's he's not going to stay healthy. You know what? But I also think he's probably going to hit a bunch of home runs because the expectations are lower. Even though he's in Boston, that's not a very good Red Sox team. I think Tyler O'Neill is what my late great dear uh, dear friend Chris Duncan used to say. He's he's a good player in a bad team. I think he's going to stay healthier than he did here, and then he's going to have a really good season, and then Cardinal fans are going to be irate. Because mm-hmm. they are wondering why he couldn't do or why he didn't do that consistently here. But he did, but right? It's, he didn't. He so didn't. He did not stay healthy. What here. you what you can, what you should not do is be frustrated that he's having success elsewhere. Because sometimes when you go to different teams, different cities, different doctors, there are different philosophies. How you go about your day to day changes, and so you may find a way to have more success. Sometimes you you do need a change of scenery as mm-hmm. a player. It just we talk about it all the time. If we talked about it yesterday, if Patrick Mahomes goes to the to the uh, Chicago Bears, he's probably not on his third Super Bowl. He's Justin Herbert. There you go. So it, it's about being in the right place at the right time. And t- don't be surprised. Tyler O'Neill has had top ten MVP caliber seasons or seasons. Season. So why would it be a shock if he were to have that success yeah. again? You know, I'm not. I I'm not going to be a hypocrite when it comes to Tyler O'Neill. The, based on the information that the Cardinals have heading into this offseason, which is one good year and then a bunch of years where he he teased you with his his potential yeah. and he got hurt a lot. What What's the information that we have right now to make this decision? And the information says, move on. So if O'Neal winds up being an MV, MVP or he's in the top three of the MVP next year for the Boston Red Sox, good for him, but I am not going to be a hypocrite about it. They, he showed you that he couldn't stay healthy in a Cardinals uniform. I, I don't know what you want to do. Well, I feel like you could be mad, but like, don't be mad at the Cardinals, right? Be mad at be mad him. At him. People will, but yeah. I don't, think, no. I don't think they will, though. I think there's a lot of people out there that did not want him on this team. But, but people tend to just base base their opinions off of the the results that happened and they don't want to have any perspective and they don't want to go back and say how did i feel at the time so if, if tyler o'neill i'm gonna show as a select a select few i'd like to think that most people are self-aware but when when he goes to boston and he has a, even a good month you know some of these people that didn't want him back 
will say, well, Cardinals screwed up another evaluation. It's it going to happen. Is that that the, doesn't make them right, though. Is it the same people that, that felt that way about Harrison Bader, who didn't like Harrison Bader when he was, you know, showing off the, the powder blue Jays and couldn't hit? But, yeah, I mean, he could field, but he just couldn't hit. Mm-hmm. And then he goes to New York and hits a bunch of home runs in the playoffs. Yeah. Th- same people, th- Same people, yes. Yeah, you don't you, – you'll never <laughs> – What's their agenda? Everyone never be satisfied. What's their agenda? Their agenda is – I don't like John Mozeliak. I don't like the way he does things. <laughs> wow. And more evidence that comes out, any sort of evidence that comes out, that I could squeeze in the narrative, that's what I want. What's it called? Cogn- cognitive dissonance, I think? Yeah. When you start that's to just term. I don't know. When you just the... start to believe. Oh, I may yeah. I may be off on that, but yeah. there there is a fallacy in which you just seek out the information that you want to make sure that it you, <laughs> it fits, you, your it fits your narrative. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> and if and if your narrative if your narrative is the Cardinals will never be, you know, good under under Mo, that, for that to be the case, you're going to find reasons. Now, unfortunately for Mo, there's there's plenty of reasons of late to suggest that they won't. So I'm not I'm not even saying these people are wrong. When we so I think you actually did John Mose like a favor here because when you're talking about what they got rid of or the subtractions in comparison to the additions. You have to believe that this team is going to be better, no matter what division they're in. Like you, you talk about the division and how terrible it is, but this team did get better from last season, and that was the question, that was the complaint, the gripe, the the, the thing that upset people so much last season was you looked at that. I, I I didn't play the lineup game with you all last year, but I can guarantee you, you didn't hit one on the head towards the the last month of the season. Oh God, no. <laughs> because some of these guys, you're like, who, 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 who the hell is this? Junio Caracu, who? <laughs> I didn't even know this guy was on the team. Who the hell is Junio Caracuto? Starting again, eh? <laughs> like, <laughs> hey, don't make fun of him. I saw him play live. Good guy. But I'm sure towards the end of the season, the the, the team that they rolled out there is like, oh, what the hell are we doing? Mm-hmm. This team has gotten better in terms of the players that they brought in versus the players that they lost. Yep. That's all you can ask for. Now, the the need is for those players to play better <laughs> from start to finish. Yeah. And that's all you can ask. And if they do, they can have a really good team. If the players stink or don't play well or don't hit well, don't pitch well, it's going to be another – I don't think it'll be another 90-loss season because that was I wouldn't that was think terrible. so, but – 89. 89. Ooh, what do you got, Marsh? Uh, cognitive, cognitive dissonance is a philo- uh, psychological phenomenon that occurs when a person holds two contradictory beliefs at the same time. Okay, so I, I kind of was circling yeah. the drain at least. Yeah. Around, I knew around that was it. the name, yeah. but I wasn't sure if that was the the. So, so that would be. I'm trying to think what what the Cardinals how this relates to what we're Read talking about. Read it again, Marshy. Uh, cognitive dissonance is a. Psycho- psychological phenomenon that occurs when a person holds two contradictory beliefs at the same time. Oh, so kind of what we do every day. The Cardinals think, but they can—they're in a good, bad division, so they can be good. Is that—is that those are contradictory? Yeah, kind of. Yeah. I'll do some research. <laughs> I want the Cardinals to spin, not that guy. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Why'd you spin it on him? They gotta spend more. <laughs> not like that. <laughs> are you sold? We're gonna play. Are you sold next? So if you have an Are you sold? You can send it into the Air Comfort Service tax line at three one four three nine nine ninety six forty six. Are you sold next? We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on one hundred and one ESPN. 
the fast lane on 101 ESPN with Kerry Davis. I'm Anthony Stalter. Here's Andrew Marsh. Let's play a little Are You Sold? By the way, confirmation bias yes, is what we're what looking for. Confirmation like bias. Yeah. There it is. All right. Thank you, Tax Line. Our listeners are fantastic. They really are. They know. Guys and gals in the snake pit are awesome. Mm-hmm. Good people. Darn right. Are you ready for Are You Sold? Ready. From the 314, are you sold that Patrick Mahomes will finish his career as the second best all-time quarterback? In terms of Super Bowl wins? Because seven is a lot. You got four more to go. I mean, that that if we're talking about in terms of are we talking about in terms of statistical? Let's just do Super Bowl. Super Bowl wins. Yes. Yes, you're sold that he'll be second? Yes. Behind Tom Brady. Yeah, seven is – I three in six years or seven years, I guess. You, we tend to forget the first year. But three in six years as a starter is absolutely amazing. Tom Brady did that in his – he got three in the first ten and mm-hmm. got four in the second ten. Um, yeah, that's hard, man. Like, it, it is – it is hard – Nah, it doesn't look hard because if you give him the ball, he's gonna score. <laughs> didn't look that hard on uh, didn't look that Sunday hard. in overtime Ooh, or that's a lot, fourth man. quarter. I'm gonna, I am not sold that he'll be second because I do think he could he could match and surpass Brady. So you're thinking eight? I think you get eight. Eight? Yeah. Come on. Who's gonna stop him? We had this conversation yesterday. Who's gonna stop him? Huh? Who's gonna stop him? There are 31 other teams. <laughs> Not really. It's more like, like 10. 20. Look yeah, at the 12, NFC. 15. Look at the NFC. Who's in the NFC that's good, that, that's going to slow yeah, you the down? The AFC is loaded, though. Oh, at least we thought they were last year. And then it turned I mean, out to be his year again. I don't know, man. I'm not, not going to put it past Mahomes. I think he's got the opportunity to be the greatest of all time. He's 28. He could play another 10 years. You don't think he won four Super Bowls in 10 years? That's a lot. That is a lot. That's unless you're pretty the goat. much every other year. I'm not going to put it past him. Carry. When he, if he gets Carey. to five, look at the that next, team he had to this year. If he gets, if he gets two more in the next five, in the next five seasons, I will, I will start listening. I was listening to BK and Ferrario coming in, and they were talking about one of the. I don't know if it's a former GM or front office personnel guy who's talking about how. The, the Chiefs have proven that you don't have to focus on the receiver to win to win it all. And BK kind of disagreed with that and said, well, no, if you got Mahomes, you get a great defense, you should be able to concentrate. It, it actually, what Mahomes did, he proved that you do need another receiver. I, I, I disagree. I don't. I he's got, he, he did it just gotta, fine. Yeah. The last two years, he's not had a, a good receiver. Rasheed Rice, I would take a million times yeah. over Juju Smith-Schuster from a year ago. Yeah. Or, and you've got Travis Kelsey, who is a pass catcher. Okay, we won't get in the whole tight end you. wide receiver. He's a pass catcher. Appreciate you. You still have Kelsey. <laughs> like, we can't overlook. I don't understand why we have this conversation about the Chiefs and the lack of receivers and all that, but we just overlook Travis Kelsey. Yeah, he's their number one receiver. Yes. He plays tight end, but he's their number one receiver. Whatever. There like, <laughs> fine. Yeah. But you won with this team. Why? Because the defense, the youngest they, defense they, in the league, was outstanding from week one. Week one. They didn't have a bad game. 
they barely had a bad half. It was remarkable. And that that team is going to come back next year, and they're still going to have Mahomes. He can beat you in a variety of ways. Does it say more about the quarterbacks and their inability to a no? Couldn't get it done. It was freezing, but whatever. It was cold for both teams. Josh Allen, no, couldn't get it done. Mm -hmm. Lamar, couldn't get it done. Mm -hmm. He, he, I still say that's a lot, though. I, 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 I almost swayed myself the other way, but I'm gonna stay. Right this, here. this year was when you were supposed to beat the Chiefs. Yeah, they had issues at receiver. Their cap situation was a bit of a mess. This was supposed to be the year. They were an underdog to Buffalo, Baltimore, and San Francisco. They had to go on the road for the first time under Patrick Mahomes. It didn't and matter. every time. It they didn't matter. He, they didn't score a point in the second half against Baltimore. Still won. This was supposed to be the year. So I'm not going to doubt Mahomes winning seven or eight. He would have to win eight, though, because if he gets seven and ties Brady. Brady's still the GOAT. Brady, Brady beat, beat him. him. Beat him twice. Brady beat him. I can't, a, I can't give up. I can't give you the. the he's in his second year when he lost to Brady in the in the AFC Championship game. And then game. he was in, what, his third year third, when he lost fourth, in the Super Bowl? Year. Fourth, year? fourth year? Okay. He didn't have an offensive line, but still lost he to Brady. No, he didn't. They were. He lost to the box, but we're going to phrase it like he lost to Brady. Yeah, yeah. If they tie, Brady's still the GOAT. All right, next one from the 314. Are you guys sold on Hawaiian pizza? Yeah, I do. Oh. I know a, yes. lot, a, lot, I know a lot of people don't like it. I, I, I get, get it. That. I understand it. You, I love you're not it. a fan? No, I love Hawaiian oh, okay, pizza. Yeah. I don't know why. A little pineapple and yeah, Canadian yeah. bacon. Sign yeah, me up. I'm in. Otherwise known as ham. Yep. Yeah, I'm in. I'm with you. I know people are like, oh, you're pulling fruit on pizza and all that. You look, hush your mouth. It tastes good. Yeah. You could have just said pizza. I mean, it, you're. here's what I would Anything. say to that. Why is it Why is it appropriate for some people to put fungus on their pizza, mm. but then they scoff at <laughs> delicious sweetness that is pineapple? Fungus? Yeah. Oh, man. Mushrooms. Some ah. people put mushrooms on pizza. They put, yes. fun, they put literal fungus Fung, on, it, on the yeah. pizza Isn't and it say, fungi it's fungi. It's, don't when care. It's fungi. They put all kind of fungi all <laughs> over Anthony, the pizza. You're a fun guy. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Marsh. You put fungi all over your pizza and go, yeah, this is appropriate. Mushrooms and then they are turn, terrible. They are terrible. Thank you. And they turn around and they, they, they belittle the sweet, sweet goodness of a pineapple. You're sorry. Tell, you're telling me that you're putting things that decompose animal poop on your pizza? Mm. That's What's what that? they do. Mushrooms? Yeah, they decompose animal droppings. I learned really? that in science class in middle school. If I paid attention in middle school, I would have that same knowledge, but I appreciate you paying attention, to. so now I know. That's why I don't like mushrooms. <sighs> Plus, they taste like crap. That too. Tastes like dirt. Squished dirt. No, thank you. <laughs> All right, final one here from 636. Are you sold that the Cards are a playoff team? Because every other team in the National League Central is a dumpster fire among a larger pile of dumpster fires. I didn't text that in, <laughs> but it sounds like I did. Yes, I am sold that they are a playoff team because nobody else in the Central is really, truly trying. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with you. I <laughs> tried <laughs> I tried to find you begrudgingly went with us. Tried to find a reason as another reason, mm -hmm. but yeah, I mean, 
But here's the thing. Nobody, uh, uh, to your point, which you have stated time and time again, nobody tries. Nobody tried last year, and they came in fifth. So, but Milwaukee somehow worse than a year ago. Yeah, but they, they stick, traded Corbin Burns. They, they won't have Woodruff. Last in the division that you said no one is trying. How they let go of their manager? Like, Carrie. Uh, I don't know. Would it say more about this organization if they f- don't if they don't make it to the playoffs with the understanding that teams in the division aren't yes. signing people and trying? Yeah, I don't want to say not trying because I think that's I think They're- that's harsh. You think They're the Pittsburgh spending, Pirates are trying? Well, they try in their own way. Oh, boy. Their money is allocated to whom they feel is going to help them win. They just want to win on the financial side more than on the field. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. But they don't have a lot of butts in seats either. So. To your, you asked the question? Yeah, the expectation should be they win the NL Central. And I don't want to hear how they went from last to first if they do. I don't want to hear it. They should, they should go from last to first. Last year stunk because you grossly underestimated how good your pitching staff was and made no adjustments to it. You're like, yeah, this is good. We're fine. Got a million questions. No problem. We're fine. And then you got your ass handed to you in the most predictable way possible. But this year, you made the adjustments. Okay, you, you brought in guys that can eat innings. Cool. You should go from first from, from last to first. That, that should be the expectation. Let's see. Oh. Speaking of the rotation, what happens if the rotation falters or injuries strike? We'll talk about that next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. We need a new gauntlet contestant, so if you want to participate in the gauntlet today to take on either Carrie, Marsh, or me, you can text in right now to the Air Comfort Service text line. Just text in the word gauntlet, and if you haven't played in a while, or if you have never played, you'll have an opportunity to uh, put your hat in the ring today. 314-399-9646 is the Air Comfort Service text line. Again, gauntlet coming up at 4 o'clock. The Cardinals last year, I'd made this, I made this statement in the last segment, Kerry, about how they grossly underestimated the pitching, the starting pitching that they had. Mo, Mo even made the comment before the the season that we've got uh, six starters. I think he said six. He did say six. Yeah, you had uh, I think two, and one you traded midway through the season. Jordan one Montgomery, and a half. one and a half. Yeah, Miles was Miles was a half. Yeah, he did okay. Yeah, every other month he did okay. He did okay. Yeah. So what happened last year was your se- your entire season fell apart. And it wasn't just the starting pitching. Your bullpen helped blow a lot of games too. I don't think it was the most in Major League Baseball, but you were in, you were in wrong company when it comes to blowing games because your bullpen could not hold leads. Your offense also underperformed. I think the offense it kind of fl- is flying under the radar and flew under the radar a year ago from criticism because the pitching staff was so bad at times. But your offense did not score a ton of runs. We can talk about, well, you know, the doubles and the extra base hits and the uh, strikeout percentage and all that crap. You didn't score runs. You were, I think, fourth. I brought brought this up before. I think you were fourth in your division in terms of runs scored. It's not good enough. So your offense flew under the radar, too. But, Kerry, 
going back to the starting rotation, if they do not pitch well or they suffer injury, so either the rotation falters because of performance or injury strike, mm-hmm. what do you think happens? Oh, I mean, <laughs> like, what do you do if you, they you, if they underestimated what they have coming into the year? Again? I think you hope that one of these younger guys, Zach Thompson, you hope that he can feel a role. I mean, I think any team, if you lose multiple starters, you're probably yeah, you're going to be in trouble. Sure. And so you, you may be looking at trying to figure out what Gordon Graceffo was able to do, what uh, McGreevy and, and Tink Hintz and all of the names that you've heard about who will hopefully get an opportunity in spring training. And then you got Zach Thompson, who also had some opportunities last year. If you lose multi- – if, if they go down for months at a time – it doesn't matter what you do. It's going to be trouble. It's going to be a struggle because you brought those guys in because of the need for pitching, because of the need to eat up innings, because you didn't want to have as much stress on your bullpen as you had last year. Mm -hmm. I I don't know how any team gets out of that. I mean, the Dodgers had some injuries last year, but they they, they still – I guess they hit the ball pretty well and had more pitching available. Well, there you go. But do the Cardinals, they don't seem to have more readily available because mm-hmm. we haven't seen some of these younger guys. We don't know what they have in those younger guys in terms of major league pitching and readiness. I think you have more, Kerry, but can I? Can we just talk about that aspect of it? Because here's the thing. You're right. Any pitch, any any team that suffers injuries in their starting rotation is, is going to be in trouble. Right. The Dodgers were able to withstand it, though. Mm-hmm. We've seen other teams, the, the Atlanta Braves. They did as well. Their, their position players stayed healthy, mm-hmm. but their pitching staff took took a hit throughout the year. But neither of them had much success come playoff time. No, you're right. So, it, I mean, it can get you there, but can it get you make you have a long run? You got to have your guys, and you got to have a guy or two mm-hmm. of those guys come playoff time. I mean, I think when you're looking at Teams that win the World Series, win a championship, they have a couple of guys that you know. I mean, Aaron Nola and 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 what was the Zach, uh, Wheeler. Zach Wheeler a couple of years ago when they made their run? You know that they had two guys at the top of the rotation that are going to get you in those positions. Mm-hmm. And I think any team that has aspirations of being a a playoff team that has a deep run in the playoffs, you have to have a guy and you have to have two of those guys. But Kerry, if we look at the Cardinals specifically, this is where I'm coming from on. Having some foresight, okay? Mm-hmm. If you're not going to be a team that takes the proverbial sledgehammer to the fly, meaning you're not going to throw numbers at the problem, you're just going to say, I've got three openings, I've got three job openings, I will make three hires, and that's it. It doesn't matter who else is available. I made my three hires, moving on to next to next fiscal year, right? Mm-hmm. That's how the Cardinals have operated. If you're going to be that team, fine. But you better have the depth in the minor leagues then, because that's what the Dodgers did. The Dodgers didn't take the sledgehammer to the fly right. last year. Now this offseason they have. But last year, they went into the season knowing that Walker Bueller was hurt, knowing that Clayton Kershaw is on you know in the twilight of his Correct. career. They didn't know that Julio Urias was going to do what he did from an, an off-field standpoint. Correct. But you still didn't have a ton of depth beyond those guys. I think Tony Gonsolin was banged up either during the year or at the start of the year. But they brought up guys like Miller and they brought up other guys from their from their their farm system that they had scouted, developed, and said, okay, we're gonna roll with them. You don't want to sign Jordan Montgomery or Blake Snell or anybody else that was either available or is still available 
Okay, fine. But you're telling everybody that your rotation is good to go. What is your backup plan? Because right. if you can't bring up guys from the minors that do a good job for you and keep this thing rolling, I'm going to go back to the offseason. If you don't want to sign guys and throw numbers at the problem in the offseason, fine. Your farm system better be good enough to have enough depth. Well, I think that's what you're saying when you don't spend a lot of money. You're saying we trust the guys that are on their way. Right. We don't need to go overspend because we feel like we drafted well, we made some trades, and we got our farm system replenished well enough to where I can trust these younger guys to have an opportunity to come up and have success. But all of that ties into development, evaluating, and then developing that talent, that talent and when those guys get here, then they perform. The Cardinals aren't going to overspend at any position. Mm-hmm. So you have to have successful guys from your minors that come up and play well. Sure. And, you know, they've we 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 expect Mason Wynn to be that. I think Jordan Walker showed glimpses of that last year. Hopefully some of these pitchers can show that as well this season coming up. Yeah. And if not, if you you're do have an injury, you're gonna have you're gonna have and and what it also does it it hurries the timeline for a younger guy if you may not want him to perform at that level just yet. Right. But if a guy gets injured, you may be rushed into action and you know anything can happen at that point. That's Gary Davis, I'm Anthony Salter. Let's do our sports six pack next. Three one four three nine nine ninety six forty six of the Air Comfort Service text line. So if you have a question, send it in there. We'll do our sports six pack next in the fast line. Back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. I have a question. It's time for the Fast Lane to answer your sports questions. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. Asking me all these weird questions. Answer the question. Answer the question. Answer me. The Sports Six Pack is now. With Kerry Davis, I'm Anthony Salter. Here's Andrew Marsh with your questions for the sports six-pack. Question number one. All right, guys, from the 314, have you seen the new Cardinals jerseys made by Fanatics? What are your thoughts? It appears the players do not like them. Yeah, so let's, uh, let's clarify something here. Fanatics was in charge of this, not the Cardinals. So if you looked at these jerseys and, and really didn't dive too deep into it and think well the Cardinals this is this is disgrace it looks cheap which it does realize it's 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 not the Cardinals it's not their decision there this is fanatics being in production of the MLB uniforms for the first time Nike has the logo on the license or the licensing logo I should say and then every team is gonna have to deal with some version of this but yeah it looks cheap it look it, it looks like uh, one of those fan giveaways. Uh, yeah. When you get those jerseys, in fact, it, I think the Cardinals have a better fan giveaway than what you're might. looking at here. Eh, you know, I, you just play and hope that it doesn't um, become an issue. As a player, you have to. Carry you, you learn, know if you don't feel good, you don't play. You good. don't play good. Yeah, if you yeah. don't look good, you don't play good. But if everyone has the same issue, I don't know. Then nobody's gonna play good. It's gonna be a terrible season. <laughs> For everybody. For everybody. Oh, there you go. Nobody's gonna win. It's all even. Yeah. It's equal. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't. I don't. It doesn't look good, but I guess it's all about how it feels on the players. That's the main thing. If it doesn't look good, but it doesn't hinder you in terms of 
throwing motion or or being uncomfortable when you're out there throwing or how does it feel once it gets wet yeah it is you know because that matters especially in baseball it's 150 degrees out there and on you're on the mound in in july and august you don't want to be 50 it feels like it good god maybe 110 miles michaelis says that they also don't fit right pants are no longer customized the fabric is very different consistency that's weird <laughs> So it's not just the look, it's apparently the feel and the fit, too. It's not good. Yeah. Looks like we'll have another 90-loss season. Oh, no. Uh, you know. Who needs the World Baseball classes, pl- Classic as an excuse when, yeah, you got when this. Fanatics is sure. right here? Yeah, absolutely. Hmm. <laughs> Question number two. From the 573, since pitchers and catchers report this week, what kind of deals do you see Blake Snell and Jordan Montgomery getting this late in free agency? I think that we'll see the, these guys sign almost back-to-back because I think they're all they're, they're probably both waiting on each other. Mm. Scott Boris is not going to get a bad deal on Jordan Montgomery. He's just not. And somebody's going to pony up for Blake Snell. Maybe they don't get the contract that they thought it the at the length. start of the offseason. Yeah, maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe Probably it's, not the length. Maybe it's more money, yeah. but not not the term. Yeah. So maybe it's a four-year deal when they wanted sex. Right. But they're going to get more money overall. I could see that. They'll but, get paid, then they'll get signed, and they'll have – I'm sure they have had conversations already with teams. Yeah. Just kind of weighing out their options and seeing which one. Although at this point, I would – I mean, not – that I was to the level of Blake Snell or Jordan Montgomery in terms of my career, but I would have wanted to be on the team by now. Yeah. Like the longer you wait, there is a level of anxiety mm-hmm. when you're just sitting around and everyone is, you know, things start moving around. You're like, where are you guys going? What are you doing? We're, we're getting training. ready for spring training. Right? Was it that time? <laughs> I don't so even what? have. What? I don't even have a team. <laughs> yeah. I don't know where I'm going to live. Yeah, I would. Where I would are want, we? Where are we? <laughs> right. I would want to be signed too. Yes. Question number three. From the 314, does St. Louis have the best storylines in sports that have led to a championship? It's hard to beat the Blues 2019 run. It's hard to beat Kurt Warner. It's hard to beat Kurt Warner. It's hard to beat that 2011 team too, Anthony. It's yeah. hard to beat the 2011 team that that needed the August that they had. The best Or September that they had, excuse me. Ever, though? Like, storyline. I'm sure there are some out there that we are missing but you have three of them we just named three awesome storylines the giants winning the fir- their first not their first super bowl but the first super bowl hey. against the patriots the, the, the undefeated the, patriots the red Sox down oh three i don't, don't want to you don't want to you don't want to discuss I don't that. Hear that no it matters that's a uh, first time ever that's a hell of a story Against your, your, your okay. I don't sorry. want to you hear just, if it wasn't about the, team, the okay. 04 Red Sox. I'm sorry. I don't, Carrie. Right. Right. Am I being unfair and irrational? Yeah. Probably. That's the best Cardinals team I've seen, and I don't like the Red Sox. And they ran into a bus, though. Yeah, they ran into a team of destiny and all that crap. They, they made a movie about it as well. What movie? Marshy didn't like. Whoa. That was Anthony Fever that didn't pitch. like Fever Pitch. Oh, Fever Pitch is terrible. That was him. Old Jimmy Fallon doing his thing. Yeah. The same same dude and everything. Giggling his way to success. We won't we won't even say what you said yesterday about somebody making the same songs 
<laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. Do I didn't say I didn't say same songs. I same said repeating. Re, nope. It I said repeating the same. the same lyric over and over and over again, <sighs> which is true. Anthony, this person has made quite Anthony, a living. What's your middle name? On repeating the same. Anthony, damn don't lyric. you do it. Thomas. Go, Anthony Thomas Stalter. <laughs> what, are you parroting me right now? What are you, what are you, <laughs> you going, dad mode? <laughs> Anthony you, Thomas. You stop it. All right. Don't do it. Okay. I think with the uh, the Giants <laughs> and the O4 Red Sox, those storylines were great, but they only were postseason storylines. If you look at the Rams with Kurt Warner, yeah, Trey that Green was a full season. Yeah. You yeah. have the the 2011 yeah. Cardinals. That one was in August that led up to the postseason, how they made it, and then the right. Blues in 2019 Plus halfway you lost through the Wayne. year. Plus you lost Wainwright in spring training that year. Mm-hmm. Uh, blues in 20... Tw- yeah, but how are you going to beat the Blues in 2019? The team was in dead last. We were all talking about trading every component of that team and starting over, and they won the damn Stanley Cup with an interim head coach. Like, how are you going to beat that storyline? Even the LA Kings, when they when they were the eighth eight seed there mm-hmm. and make their run, at least he had Jonathan Quick, Jordan Bennington of in an, in and of itself was a story. Mm-hmm. They gave that kid to Boston so they could so the 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 Bruins could use him in their minor leagues. <laughs> they rented him. Like, come on, that's a remarkable. The Maroon with the hometown story that mm-hmm. might have that may have been the greatest freaking story ever. Mm-hmm. Some people are saying that this year's Blues team. Are really reminiscent of Anthony, that 2019 team. I haven't met saying, those people. But Anthony said it. If they're talking about yourself. like the trade deadline, yeah, Anthony and said reminded it. of the trade deadline of 2019, that I could see. Anthony believes. If you put the 2019 Blues team mm-hmm. on a script, yeah, and you're like, hey, I'm gonna pitch this puppy to Disney. Mm-hmm. Mickey and the gang would laugh you out of the, the building. They're like, even for us. This, this is, is not possible. This is unrealistic. There are some other moments like that. I, I'm just struggling off the top of my head. That's because there are none. There, there are well, none. The Nationals did something similar literally that summer, too. They were pretty bad. Made the playoffs. Won yeah, the but World they got Series. healthy. Like the, Blues did, <laughs> the Blues were just bad, and then they decided, all right, we're going to start playing gotta- better. Like the 2023-24 Blues. You know what Disney does do, Anthony? They make sequels. And they this do make year sequels. Yeah. is number two. There you go. Sometimes the sequel's even better in some cases. Written by Anthony yeah. Thomas Stalter. <laughs> you got to use it a lot now, I'm fearing. Oh, man. Old ATS. Old ATS. <laughs> question number four. Here's a good question from the 661. If Matt Carpenter hits over 300 in spring, does that earn him a starting spot? Or do you keep the younger guys in? You keep the younger guys in. Where would you play Matt Carpenter? That would be my question. Where would you play him full-time? Second base. No. Brendan Donovan is not... uh... No, yeah. Okay. The answer is no. All right. You're not going to play him at first. Where are you going to play Matt Carpenter? Not every day. I guess you could DH him, but you you want to put Norlin Gorman on the bench? You put him at second. Who's playing second base? Brendan Donovan. Or Nolan Gorman. Oh. Yeah. Do you have any other questions? No, I don't. (laughs) We're uh, getting some text messages about certain storylines from the 314 Miracle on Ice storyline. That was a pretty good one. That's the one I was looking at. Mm -hmm. But I was thinking of like the four major sports, not not necessarily an Olympic. But like a season story. But the, the Cardinals, that wasn't a season story. That was a... 
run towards the end. Story. Yeah, I I would not put I would put the Blues storylines up against anything else that's coming in on the text line. You didn't of find the four the, major the Colby Rasmus drama to it, be intriguing. It was very intriguing. <laughs> I found Jordan Bennington coming out of nowhere to be more intriguing. That's fair. How about this from the 314? Remember that dude that built that field and got a bunch of ghosts to play baseball? That, that's, that's a, a story. pretty incredible story. That do- <laughs> Listen, if you that, build it, they will come. That documentary was fascinating. <laughs> but I don't know if it beats the, the Blues because okay. there's no season. You know, they kind of played some games. It, it was... I mean, I mean, these ghosts know. being out there again. It's in a cornfield. What about right? Moonlight Graham? Well, I think the biggest travesty mm. is Moonlight Graham not being able to play. He saved that girl's life, though. Well, you know, to pay attention to the girl, <laughs> make sure make sure she's not going to choke, or somebody know the the damn Heimlich, mm. so that Moonlight Graham doesn't have to come out and save save her. Hey, you got all you got. You got a bunch of adults there, and it takes a ghost. To come out of the cornfield <laughs> to save the little girl, you know, and what? give up his his playing guard. Uh, I Again. always wondered. I always wondered how uh, immediately when the uh, when Moonlight Graham saves saves a little girl and uh, the guy from Little Big League <laughs> starts to believe mm-hmm. how everyone in Iowa and just all of a sudden knew that there were ghosts being played at this baseball field and the whole line to get to the the ball the ball field is like super yeah. long well no doubt sure how do they know well we're all, social hey, media around back then it it travels yeah, yeah. travels freaking ghosts playing in a cornfield you tell me you, they you, didn't tell anybody not, yeah exactly where it, where it gets around exactly quickly so but i will say two biggest travesties ever in this in this lifetime rose not moving her dead ass over so yeah, jack can get on rose, that, that rose, door rose was uh and you know. moonlight graham ne- being needed <laughs> when nobody tough. knows the heimlich do you think that rose <laughs> that they would have sunk to the bottom had both of them been on no. there i don't, think I don't so, know if yeah. it could hold both of their weights and i think that maybe jack that's weighed why. 135 well, pounds soaking you know, wet maybe you that's all him. it took she could have moved over though they could have figured it out he was a great artist, too. <laughs> great artist lost to the sea. <laughs> great artist lost to the sea. Yeah. Because somebody was too a little selfish. too selfish <laughs> that night. You know, here's the other thing, too, that nobody talks about. She was on one of the life rafts. Oh. She was out of there. She jumped off of it. Hmm. To get mm. Jack. She had a vendetta against this guy. Yeah, she didn't want him to survive. Got him arrested. Got him cha- chained up. Yeah. Got him dead. Got him dead. <laughs> Gauntlet next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Four warriors, four categories, one challenger. Can you master the gauntlet? The gauntlet is powered by Master, your hometown source for business communications for more than 30 years. Visit Mastor.com. 405, your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler with Kerry Davis and Andrew Marsh. I'm Anthony Stalter, and we welcome in Tom, who's our latest contestant in the gauntlet. What's up, Tom? Hey, how you doing, Anthony? Doing very well. Appreciate you joining us today. Is this your first time in the gauntlet? It is. I had to uh, bug Marshy a lot. Okay. Yeah, well, There's good. a you lot of through. people that that were 
were throwing shade my way, saying you won't, you won't choose me. <laughs> Ooh, I you like won't that. choose me. You won't. As Brad Thompson used to say, you won't. And I chose Tom today. Well, good. I'm glad you got through, Tom. All right, so Andrew Marsh, Kerry Davis, or me, who are you choosing? Oh, well, one person I'm not doing is picking on Kerry Davis, so yeah. I think I'm going to go with uh, Andrew. There you go. Andrew. Andrew Marsh. Right. There you go. Andrew Stalter. Andrew Stalter. Andrew Stalter. Baby. <laughs> <laughs> who was that last time? Hockey Bob? I think yeah. so. Yeah. All right. All right, so Tom, uh, before Marsh goes into the cone of silence, go ahead and tell Marsh to spin the wheel. Hey, Marsh, you spin that wheel, sir. There you go. Tom, what are we hoping for, kid? It doesn't matter. I'm I'm just glad to be on your show. I love it. Oh, well, thank you very much. We appreciate that. We appreciate that. All right, we'll see. I got the I got the uh, launch codes here. Carrie, you're in a better spot yeah. to uh, read what that wheel says. Wait for Marshy to get in this spot. Are you ready? Baseball. Baseball. Tom, there how you, you feel about baseball? Oh, uh, that'll work. That'll work. That'll All right. Work. I like that. Let me get the launch codes here as I'm doing so. Just a reminder that Tom and Marsh are going to get the same four questions. All baseball. Each question is worth two points unless Tom or Marsh ask for the options. If they ask for the options, those questions become worth one point. Tom, are you ready? Yes, sir. All right. Here we go. Question number one. The Cardinals will kick off their 2024 season against Shohei Otani and the Dodgers. St. Louis hasn't played an NL West foe on opening day since 2013 when which Redbird starter took the ball versus Arizona? So who's the starter in 2013 on opening day when the Cardinals played the Diamondbacks? Uh, Options, sir. Sure. Chris Carpenter, Adam Wainwright, or Kyle Loesch? I'm going to go with um, Wayno, final answer. All right, question number two. Milwaukee captured the NL Central Division crown last season, compiling a 92-70 and 70 record. Who led the Brewers pitching staff in wins? Uh, Corbin Burns, final answer. Question three, Tom. The Florida Marlins took the field for the first time in 1993. Name the franchise's first manager. Options. Renee Latchman, Jim Leland, or Lou Piniella? What was the first guy? Renee Latchman. Yeah, I'm going to go with that, sir. Okay. Final answer. Got it. All right. Stadium alert. Where do the San Francisco Giants play their home games? Oh, I'll know it with the options. Is it State Farm Field, Truist Park, or Oracle Park? Uh, It's uh, Oracle Park. Final answer. Okay. Tom, how are you feeling? Oh, just like, just like Kerry probably does after he plays it. Nah. <laughs> nah. Yeah. Nah. Strong to quite strong. <laughs> All right. Marsh is making his way. Ball, and then I'm yeah, then you good. Feel pretty happy about it's, it. If it's anything else. else. Oh my so Marsh is making his way into the cone of si- or out of the cone of silence now. Marsh, welcome back. Hello. Your category today is baseball. Baseball is your category. All right. He's ready. 
Gary Tell. Pack the lunch, Marsh. Alrighty. Marsh, question number one. The Cardinals will kick off their 2024 season against Shohei Otani and the Dodgers. St. Louis hasn't played an NLS foe on opening day since 2013 when which Redbird starter took the ball versus Arizona? <laughs> Who started opening day 2013? 2013. Against the old Diamondbacks. Opening day, eh? Yeah. Oh, jeez. Ah. Who would have that been? Yeah, uh, going to have to use the options. Chris Carpenter, Adam Wainwright, Kyle Loesch. Hmm. I have no idea. I'm just going to go with Chris Carpenter. Final answer? Um... Sure. Final answer. Question number two. Milwaukee captured the NL Central Division crown last season, compiling a 92-70 and 70 record. Who led the Brewers' pitching staff in wins? Hmm. Was it, is it as easy as Corbin Burns? Or was it Freddie Peralta? I think he had a good year. I think. Let's go Freddie Peralta. Final answer. Question three, Marsh. The Florida Marlins took the field for the first time in 1993. Name the franchise's first manager. Mm. Well, I know Jim Leland was there when they won in 97. Was he there in 93? Let's use the options. Renee Latchman, Jim Leland, Lou Pinella. Uh, I'll just go Jim Leland. Final answer. Final question. Stadium alert. Where do the San Francisco Giants play their home games? Um, Oracle Park. Final answer. All right, let's go over these. Tom versus Marsh in baseball. Start with question one. The Cardinals will kick off their 2024 season against Shohei Otani and the Dodgers. St. Louis hasn't played an NOS foe on opening day since 2013, when which Redbird starter took the ball versus Arizona? Tom, you said Adam Wainwright. Marsh, you said Chris Carpenter. Correct answer is... Adam Wainwright. But... No, you guys both need the options on that one. Yep. So, Tom with a one nothing lead. Hmm. Over Marsh. All right. <laughs> <laughs> the Florida Marlins took the field for the first time in 1993. Named the franchise's first manager. Marsh, you went Jim Leland. Tom, you went Renee Latchman. Correct answer is Renee Latchman. Tom with a 2 0 lead. Tom needed the options on that one as well, but he takes a 2 0 lead. Stadium alert. Where did the San Francisco Giants play their home games? Tom, you said Oracle Park. Marsh, you said Oracle Park. Correct answer is... It is indeed Oracle Park. But Marsh didn't need the options. Tom did. So what we have here three to two. is a 3-2 lead for Tom. Marsh catches up a little. Comes down to this. Milwaukee captured the NL Central Division crown last season, compiling a 92-70 and record. Who led the Brewers pitching staff in wins? 
you have different answers. Neither of you took the options. Corbin Burns was Tom's answer. Fastball Freddy Peralta was Marsh's answer. Marsh did not use the option, so if it's fastball Freddy, Marsh is going to win 4-3 to three today. If it's Corbin Burns, then Tom breaks out a big can of whooping on Marsh. The other option, by the way, because both guys were options, was Wade Miley. If it's Wade Miley, That's Tom nice. wins. <laughs> Wade Miley's leading your team in wins. Ooh. So what Tom wants to hear, Kerry say, is the name Corbin Burns or Wade Miley. Again, if it's Freddie Peralta, Marsh wins. Kerry, who led the Brewers pitching staff in wins last season? Wade Miley is not the answer. It's Freddie Peralta. Tom! You have chosen poorly. You lose! Not today! <laughs> Tom, that was a tough one. You got three oh. of the four right. You got three of the four oh, questions deal. right. Marsh got two of the four questions right, but he did not use the options on both, and he takes home the crown four to three today. Great battle. Good job, Marsh. Sorry, that Tom. That was a tough one. That, 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 was, a, that was a barn one. burner, as that the kids say. <laughs> well, thanks, guys. I love the show. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, thanks for you, listening. Tom. Thanks for playing. All righty. All right, there you go. Marsh, nice job. You actually won it on the, I mean, kind of with the Freddie Peralta, but you not using the options on the Oracle Park ah. sent you over. Nice job, Good man. Job. Appreciate it. And of course, Tom seemed like a really nice guy. <laughs> Definitely. Well, you're going <laughs> to be your thing. Yeah, you're going to be guys that are nice. That's just that's just kind of your thing. Marsh, you did not pitch well, but you hit two home runs and you wound up winning. <laughs> it's all, it's all you need, right? Yeah, a couple of ding dong Johnsons. Sometimes uh, you need your offense to step up Sometimes. when there's runners in scoring position. Boy, don't we know it mm-hmm. here in St. Louis. Today, it's a Tuesday afternoon. Mm-hmm. We know how the Cardinals do in those afternoon games. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. They actually, used... we did the math actually, on they Thursdays. Well. They were actually bad. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows when they won? All right. Uh, Joe Vitale will join us at the bottom of the hour to talk about this Blues and Maple Leafs matchup for the Blues. But does the rest of the lineup impact whether or not Mason win? stays at the big league level. I thought this was kind of interesting when I was reading Derek Gould's latest chat at stltoday.com. We'll get into it next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Josh Ennis just stopped in to the studio, and uh, he does this. He does this maybe once a show where he pops in, and it inevitably is the most interesting break that we have. What just happened? He's got thoughts. I mean, you... A lot of them. Love him, hate him. Josh Ennis has thoughts. A lot of thoughts, and they're all intriguing. Like we're, especially when Jamie's here, we're all psychopaths to certain degrees. Yeah, yeah. The fact that people listen to us and actually kind of enjoy it, some of you, you're a psychopath too. You know it. You're listening. Psychopaths appreciate psychopaths. He's in a different realm. <laughs> that guy. He's the Dodgers. We're the Cardinals. Yes. When it comes to that. Hey, yes. Know. Yeah. Yeah. We've got. Nothing. He's Mahomes. We're Purdy. Like we we can we can get it done. Mm-hmm. We're fine. But. 
Wow. Yeah. Anyways, so Mason Wynn, I saw this. Uh, there's no there's no transition here involving Josh in this. I was looking at Derek Gould's latest chat for stltoday.com, and somebody asked him about Mason Wynn. What does Mason Wynn's slash line need to be for him to stay at the majors? And Derek, I thought, had a, had an interesting response. He said it actually is probably more contingent on the Cardinals lineup producing a round win than it is on whether or not win will stay above a certain threshold. Obviously, if Mason Wynn hits and he plays great defense, he ain't going anywhere. He's going to be a full-time mm-hmm. starter. Right. But this is this obviously is the hypothetical of Wynn struggling at the plate. He brought up Yachty, Derek brought up Yadi or Molina. When Yadi first came up, Tony LaRusa made it a point of, hey, Yadi doesn't even have to get a hit to stay in the lineup. Right. Because you had everybody else around him. You had Scott Rowland and you had Jim Edmonds and you had Albert and you had whoever at the time. So Yadi could just focus on defense. Mm-hmm. But to Derek's point, he said if the rest of the lineup struggles or the majority of the lineup struggles, and Mason Wynn is having issues, Mason Wynn could go down so that the Cardinals can try to finagle a lineup that'll, that'll produce more offense. I don't think Derek is wrong in this line of thinking. Derek is on top of it. He's on top of the Cardinals' think, line of thinking. He's been around, around a long time and has done it at the highest level. Derek is one of, if not the best, beat writers in the country, and we're, we're lucky to have him. I hope the Cardinals don't have that line of thinking, though, Kerry. I, I agree. If Mason wins, you know, if his head is above water, or, or if his head is underwater, and you could tell he's struggling and it's just not happening and he's putting too much pressure on himself and now he's making errors defensively, that's a different story. Right. But if he's just struggling to learn how to hit big league pitching, leave him in there. Yeah. Let, let him go through it. Let him hit eighth or ninth, play good defense, and let him develop. I, I'm with you 100%. I think it's unfortunate to put the team's struggles as to why he would be sent down. Sure. If you expect him to not hit at the level that you need him to hit at right away. And we talk about Yachty because I think that's a perfect example because of what Yachty gave you defensively weighed more than what you expected or what you needed at the plate. Again, the people around him obviously being better. But with Mason Wynn, he should give you to that level of of defensive play where you know any ball hit in his vicinity – he's going to get to or or be close to getting to. He's got an arm. He's going to throw guys out. He's going to make some spectacular plays, which does what? Saves you runs. It saves you from getting balls hit into the outfield or hitting into, hitting into the gap if he's able to snag one. Just the things he's able to do or should be able to do should allow you to be more successful defensively and save runs. And if you are struggling offensively, the one thing you don't want is to give up a lot of runs. Mm-hmm. So if he's playing well on the defensive side, and maybe not hitting to the level, I think it would be unfair and unfortunate that you sent him down because everyone else around him was struggling. No, you all play better as well. Mm-hmm. Do you think? Go ahead. I was just going to say, do you think they'll send him down? To work on his launch angle? Yeah. <laughs> Probably. Did you want to send Kerry off? Because you know that's one of Probably. his triggers. <laughs> Probably. Yeah, there's, 
You know it's one of his triggers. <laughs> launch angle. You know, if you play for the Cardinals, the launch angle, launch angle is, is a sufficient <laughs> statistic that you need to have. And if you don't have the proper launch angle, you're not going to play here. And we work on this tirelessly in the spring training. We do this on and on and on in spring training. We make sure our guys understand that it's a 45 to 35% launch angle that we need. If you're lower than that, we don't want you here. Anything higher than that is going to be a pop-out. Okay? So we work on these things. We talk about it. We we have the sheets. We have the I had put all these, crunched all these dang on numbers. What do you think I'm here for? Okay? <laughs> here for a purpose. Here for a good time, not a long time. Get it get together. All right? Thank you. <laughs> Who said that? There had to be somebody that has said that in your life. Not here for a good time, here for a long time. You... Here for a good time, not for a long time. Who said that? Uh, what coach? Man, uh, somebody. I've heard it time and time again. Didn't Drake say that in the song? <laughs> probably. Probably Drake. If not Drake, probably Ursher. Uh, if not her, probably the other person yeah. that Anthony doesn't like. Uh, hey, oh, no. I'm just saying, don't repeat the same lyric 24-7 oh, and call yourself an artist. It's a fast oh, lane on 101 ESPN. Oh. Joe Vitale will join us to talk a little blues hockey next. Back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Joey Vitale views things a little differently. Just imagine how he looks at hockey. Whoa! This is The View from Vitale, brought to you by Scott Lee Heating Company, a proud Mitsubishi Electric Elite Contractor. It's a fast lane on 101 ESPN. In a half hour, you're going to hear from Alex Ferrario as the Blues pregame show starts at 5, and I just ripped off my microphone. Oh, I thought that was me. I'm like, what did I do? I literally just ripped off my microphone. <laughs> now, you- <laughs> now you can just be like Jamie was in his hotel room. This is unbelievable. <laughs> Joe Vitale joins us now. Joe, I just, I, I just he-man my microphone. I just ripped it right off the, the stand here. You doing okay there, big fella? I, uh, He's been I, at the MAC. He's been working out. I've been out. working out. I didn't realize how strong I became. So that just yeah, happened. You and, Rivers, you and Rivers must be on the same program. I guess so, man. Um, anyways, so what are, you, uh, what are you expecting tonight in Toronto? Hey, I'm expecting a, uh, a pretty intense game here. I know Toronto is a team that, uh, as, as a lot of fans out there know, just coming off that Ottawa game where you know Morgan Riley is going to be out of the lineup here tonight. We're still waiting on word on his suspension. But I think this is going to be a fueled-up Toronto team. They're looking to uh, figure out a way to, to get out of this 500 hockey they've been inside of. You know, Sheldon Keefe, I think he's one of those coaches on the hot seat. This team knows it. So this is a team certainly looking for a massive response here tonight. And on the flip side, the St. Louis Blues, as you guys know, they've been ultra-hot on the road, ultra-hot as of late. Uh, playing some terrific hockey and and looking to continue that here tonight. Hey, um, J- Joey, I had a question about the Morgan Riley incident. So I think it was last year the Blues played Nashville, and Nashville scored a late empty netter. And I was asking him, hey, J.K., do you think that the Blues should have been upset about that? Is that a normal reaction? Maybe not to that extent, but a guy shooting a shot that late and the slap shot in the way he did. Did Morgan Riley have the, the um, right to be that upset? Yeah, I think he absolutely did. You know, I mean, listen, it's, there's nothing wrong with putting a puck in an empty net. I mean, nothing at all. Whether you're up by one, whether you're up by two. We've seen situations where teams pull the goalie when, you're, when they're down by three. You know, one, two, or three, whatever it is, you end up having a breakaway. You're in the clear. Uh, the right thing to do is just to gingerly kind of just tap it in, set it over the goal line, and, and continue on with your play. So I think what 
what Greg's did certainly um, coming in full speed, you know, ripping a slap shot to the back of the net. I, I think that Morgan Riley had every right to have a response. You know, it's not really an old school style. It's really just the kind of, I would call it the, the unwritten rules of the game where you just, you have a little bit more respect for your opponent than that. You know, to compare it to, to football carry, I, I guess a good comparison would be, you know, if a team's up by three, four touchdowns late and you're driving and all of a sudden you're in the red zone and it's a minute to go, uh, this would be the equivalent of a quarterback dropping back and going for the end zone to go, to go up by five. I mean, that that's kind of what we're talking about here. I mean, there's there's certainly you want to win the game, but then there's a line where you certainly can't cross, in my opinion, and certainly in Morgan Riley's opinion, where uh, that line is embarrassing your teammate and certainly uh, making a stand where you want some attention. So, you know, no, no issue with what he did, I guess, as long as you're ready to, to be jumped like he was right there. And like I said, I think that Morgan Riley certainly – took it into his own hands. Did he need to cross-check him to the head? Absolutely not. But was the response needed? I think absolutely yes. So it'd be interesting to see how many games he gets. He did have an in-person hearing. So we're thinking probably at least five. If you compare it to the David Perron one we saw earlier in this year, the Toronto Maple Leafs are potentially going to be losing Morgan Riley for at least six games, in my opinion. Joe Vitale joining us right now on the fast lane on 101 ESPN. Joe, the, the Blues have won five consecutive road games. I don't. I, you you played in the NHL, Carey. You played in the NFL. I, I still look at the mark of a good team. Just, you know, just one aspect of it is the ability to win on the road. Joe, can you speak to this? How difficult is it to win on the road? The 2019 Blues team did it very well, as we know. It turned out well, and now this this year's Blues team has started to put to, put together some good good efforts on the road. You know, I, I don't know if it's as difficult in hockey stalled as it is in other sports. I've never played a different sport, obviously, so I don't know that. Um, it'd be, probably be hard for Kerry to compare it to the NHL because he's never played in the NHL. But I know for like the NFL, from being in those buildings, it's, I mean, there's certainly an energy and there's certainly a buzz. You know, I, I think baseball and hockey maybe are the closest as far as how similar they are. You know, these buildings have changed a lot. Like, we're here in Toronto right now. I mean, they're expensive tickets. Uh, they're not necessarily the, the rowdy bunch, like I would say, where home ice is really, I think, an advantage anymore. I think even talk to some players. I think some, most players are so mentally strong and mentally tough nowadays where they've actually said that they actually internalize the, the, the loud noise and the energy you feel on the road. They actually internalize it like it's their own. And I think these players are strong enough mentally to really actually flip the script on it. And that's why you're seeing a lot of teams having a ton of success on the road. I think really the one building that I think is a little bit intimidating these days, I would say is probably the Las Vegas Golden Knights when, when they play T-Mobile in Las Vegas. I think from their winning culture they have, I think they play fast, they play heavy, their crowd's behind them. Uh, but aside from that, I, I look at the, the road as, as really not a disadvantage or an advantage anymore. Um, you know, in a lot of ways I think it's actually an advantage for players. And what I mean by that is, you know, a lot of these guys have wives and kids and, and family, you know, obligations and responsibilities. And when you're home, you're obviously splitting some of that, you know, and you go on the road, it's very different. I mean, they've been on the road for the last five days. This is their third game, and then they're coming home tonight. But it's pretty just routine. Hotel, team meals as a group, get a good night's sleep, wake up, morning skate, team meal, take a good nap, no real distractions. And I hate to say that kids and family are distraction because they're absolutely not a distraction, but it's definitely just another layer of responsibility you have at home. So I think that's where a lot of times now you really start to see more and more that the road could actually be an advantage. And I think certainly for St. Louis, it's been that way. Joey, the Blues are winners of seven of the last eight. Do you have anything, a couple of things that you can point to and say, this is why they are playing well right now? Well, I mean, two things right away. I mean, number one, the obvious one is they're getting incredible goaltending. I mean, top to bottom, Joel Holfer and Jordan Bennington have been exceptional. 
um, night in, night out, very consistently. So that's that's just let's just call a spade a spade, and there it is. Uh, the second thing I would say, Kerry, uh, the very important thing is the power play has been exceptional too. You know, this was the biggest area of concern under Barubi. Uh, I think they were clicking at eight percent under Craig Barubi. He ends up losing his job. Drew Bannister comes in, and what did he do? He established a much simpler power play. You look at all the power play goals they're scoring as of late. The majority of them are actually broken plays, just getting pucks in that. You look at Jake Neighbors two games ago in Buffalo. It's a pass from Robert Thomas through the middle. It gets picked off, gets bounced up in the air, and all of a sudden hey, Jake Neighbors is Johnny on the spot, taps it in. Uh, the other night, one of the power play goals that I liked the best was Robert Thomas from the top of the key. He just throws it there. There's three bodies around the net. Jordan Tyru picks up a juicy rebound. So it's that simple approach, just throwing pucks in the net. They are really, in reality, getting a lot of really fortunate bounces. At some point in the season, that will dry up. You're not going to get as much luck. But they are riding a wave right now where they're getting really nice bounces on power play, a lot of goals off of broken plays in front of that, off rebounds, off of bad passes, off deflected passes. They're still just, just finding the back of their, the, the net because you're having presence there, which is important. So good goaltending. And this power play has been getting them a goal, two goals. The other night we saw three goals. So I think that, you know, you put those two things together, and that, that, that's really, to me, two of the things that really stand out about this team. Joe, we'll let you go. Know you're going to get prepared for tonight's game. We appreciate your time, though, man. Enjoy. All right, sounds good, boys. You guys have a great uh, week and weekend, and we'll talk to you next week. All right, thanks, Joe. We'll see you, buddy. That's Joe Vitale. You'll hear him as part of the pregame show here on 101 ESPN, of course, during the game as well. Blues Radio Network as the Blues and Maple Leafs, they put, they drop the puck at 6 o'clock, but we've got the pregame at 5 o'clock, which means we got to get to Beth Board, three stars of the day, criticisms, compliments, all coming at you next. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Alex Ferrario is in our studios right now. He's getting ready for the pregame show for the Blues and the Maple Leafs. You'll hear him. You'll hear Chris Kerber, Joe Vitale, who we just got done talking to. So we're off a little early tonight here in the fast lane. Carrie's pumped up about that. Not excited about that at all. Gosh darn it. Look at you. If you missed the the three-hour show today, you can download the podcast at 101ESPN.com or your 101ESPN mobile app, all brought to you by Dobbs, Dyer, and Auto Centers. All right, let's bet the board. Carrie, you're the only one that won last night. Nice job. All right. Do we have a record? No, no, we're about it. I'm going LeBron James over six and a half rebounds. That was one he gave out mm-hmm. earlier. Yeah, I'm sticking with it. Okay. Good one. Marsh, do we have the standings or not? We do. Yes. Carrie, uh, I'm surprised you did not want to go over the standings because you're in first place, <laughs> four and three. <laughs> Anthony, you're three and four, tied with Jamie, who's also three and four. Hmm. Where are you at, Marsh? Eh, well, I'm in last place. <laughs> what do you got, kid? I'm one and six. <laughs> Ooh. What am I? What am I? You said four and three for me. You are four and three. All right, so I, need I have lost five in a row. Oh. So if you want to tail me tonight, St. Louis, <laughs> go ahead. All Actually, right. no, don't tail me. Yeah, you fade, fade, fade you. you. Yes. So what did you take, LeBron? LeBron over six and a half is minus one thirty okay. rebounds. All right, not points. I wish. I'm going to take in Big Twelve play. I'm going to take the Cincinnati Bearcats. They are laying one and a half against Iowa State. It's one of these lines that don't make sense. You would think that the number 10 team in the nation would be favored. Not an underdog on the road. Nonetheless, 
Give me Cincinnati minus one and a half. And then for Jamie, What'd you get? did he send you a pick? He certainly did. He's taking the Anaheim Ducks over the Montreal Canadiens. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, he's got Columbus yeah. in Ottawa. Ottawa. He likes the Columbus Blue Jackets in Ottawa. Plus 164. He says the Blue Jackets have been struggling a little bit, but nonetheless, he still likes their ability to get done in Ottawa tonight. <laughs> really? Yep. Okay. Marsh That's with, what he picked. That's a not pick. Yeah. Man. Well, hmm. who am I to argue with the man that knows more hockey than I do? Exactly. Yeah. Kind of yeah, crazy. tough one last night with the Arizona Coyotes. <laughs> Go ahead, Marsh. I'm going to go with the Toronto Maple Leafs, oh! minus one and a half. Oh, wow. Really? You know that. I mean, you could lose. The, the Maple Leafs could win by one. And I then, know. Uh, I, I know what you're doing. You're trying. I can't take the money line, though. Oh. <sighs> it's at minus 225. Let's <laughs> <laughs> see what he's doing, though. He's been he's been key for win. struggling. He's going to win over the uh, six and a half. Over. Yeah, that still doesn't produce a win, though. Right. Uh. Could be I a, see what you're trying to do. Could be Mark. a six-one game. It's probably gonna be four-three. <laughs> <laughs> it will be. It'll be no. Actually, it'll be three-two. If I were to take the over, that wouldn't hit. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, it'll be a one-goal game, and we'll, st- we'll still lose. And I'm oh, the big. I'm the biggest loser of them all. <laughs> well, good luck there, Marsh. All right, so let's uh, bet the board. What do we got for criticisms and compliments? Uh, we got something about mushrooms on pizza from Hockey Bob. Hey, Stalter, just bought a pizza from Blarney Stone. Great pizza. Mine has mushrooms because they are healthy. And we established earlier today that we don't like mushrooms on pizza. It's a no. fun guy. Hockey Bob and I don't see eye to eye like on anything. You should shut your mouth, Anthony. Hockey Bob or was Andrew the one. Stalter. Why should I shut my mouth? Because Hockey Bob is a great guy. How's he a great guy? He just has He's a great name. ultra critical, and he lost to me in the uh, gauntlet. And Hockey Bob was the one that Ian said Hockey. that Andrew. Anthony should agree with everything you said because Anthony did not play oh, the NFL. That? Well, then that's, that's why I, right. There you go. Clearly, now I'm a Hockey Bob it. fan. Nah, Hockey Bob, I like you. <laughs> I don't think you and I have anything in common, but I like you, man. You're a good kid. Yeah, everyone in the snake pit is saying to fade me. Oh, sorry, yeah, Marsh. No, Marsh. You've had some mm. But you know there. what? Nobody's safe in the fast lane. Nobody's safe. Yeah, I understand that. that. I get that. Yeah. Um, also, where is this? Um, yep, I lost it. Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> That's Marsh. I found it. Okay. There we go. So we're talking about here for a good time, not a long time. We had some people text in saying who it was. It was George Strait. He said that. Um, there was another person that said it as well, but it looks like the text line went away. Alan Jackson. Alan Jackson. Good time. I don't, maybe Drake said it. That's what I said. I have no maybe. idea. Maybe. Sounds like a lot of people have said it. And Carrie said it recently. Uh, the 618 says Pitbull said it. I take their, I'll, I'll take the word for it. Mm. Mr. Worldwide. It makes sense. Obviously. I don't know a whole ton about Pitbull, but it makes sense. Eh, you don't need to know much. Okay. He's a great performer. Miami. That's all that matters. All right. Yeah. Uh, people did not like Kerry talking about launch angle. Yeah, you got to. <laughs> Others <laughs> did, though. What are you talking? 35 to 45 degrees. Otherwise. I think you had to be watching Back to via the, the Air Comfort Service or uh, via the Airlines Team YouTube channel and the Snake Pit Everyone should to appreciate Kerry's rant on launch angle. Yes. You, you needed the visual on that.
not just Something what he was saying. These glasses that make me and Marsh just see rose-colored mm. Cardinals. Mm-hmm. You time. see everything that the Cardinals do, everything you, you find praise in everything they say. Oh, see, Whoa. see, see. Okay. Whoa. What do you got, Marsh? Oh, the Cardinals are going to have a great season this year as they win the <laughs> National League Central. Why did you go 1940s announcer? <laughs> Paul Goldschmidt rebounds as he is a top three MVP candidate. And Nolan Arnato goes back to being one of the best third basemen in the game, winning another gold glove. It, it reminds me. <laughs> Jordan <laughs> Walker has a great sophomore campaign as Mason Wynn wins the rookie of the year. You doing that reminds me of uh, League of Their Own. Look at these girls. Yeah. They're playing baseball. <laughs> the old-timey oh, announcer. Man. Nice work there, Mark. Sonny Gray ends the year in the top five for the Cy Young candidate. I like oh, it. Oh, boy. And Lance Lynn has an all-time season with the Cardinals. Is that it? It's just top six, not five, in the most hits given up. <laughs> <laughs> You're wearing the glasses. You can't say that. Yeah, still, we're getting not, better. It got better. No, oh, Lance God, Lynn's oh, going to have I a see. great year. Yeah. Uh, Man. I missed that. I felt like that Jim Carrey with those things on. Keep getting gooder. Keep getting gooder. Are you guys ready for the three stars of the day? Yes. All right. Let's start off with our third star of the day. Hmm. This thing was giving you fits just a few minutes ago, Anthony. Anthony's microphone. Congratulations. (laughs) Alex. Well done. We came back from a break, and I, you know, went to adjust the, the mic. It broke off in my hand. Oh, that happens to you too, huh? Yeah. You had it too? Oh, yeah. Alex, I've had do, this thing break off on me. I'm, I'm glad you're here, because I do have a question. Yeah, please. You're the only one that sits in that chair. Yeah. And that concerns me. <laughs> well, it's it's kind, of a, kind of an electric chair vibe. It <laughs> has no rails, no well, handles. See, what I like about this hard. CD is I like to put my hands on it, and there's nuts that are sticking out of it. <laughs> uh, and it just puts an indent on your palms. Okay. Wow. Like and, pain every once in a while. I wasn't expecting you to say anything remotely like that. Well, nuts and bolts is what oh, I meant. You know, yeah, like, right. the, like the yeah. screws. Yeah. The screws. Yeah. The cool nuts, not yeah. those. Okay. Come on. Come on, yeah. guys. Get your head out of the gutter. <laughs> Interesting. Well, speaking of... Do you know what uh, show this is? <laughs> yeah, that's why I said it. <laughs> speaking of uh, body parts, our second star of the day goes to Josh Ennis' nipples. Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay, Josh. I, I Put electrical in the tests. yeah balloon party and well, he shared the whole story of why he decided to flash everybody today. Wait, oh, he did flash people yeah. today. Yeah. We were mm. wondering why that was popping up on the. Mm-hmm. Yep, I was wondering why both of your faces looked shocked when he was standing in here. <laughs> Josh is a real He's, interesting cat. Kind of, kind of scary. Not in a scary How way, but thinks. scary. Yeah. Yeah. And, and if Carrie right. was saying that, you don't know, what he's gonna you don't know what's going to come out of his no. mouth. <laughs> like, what are you thinking? Oh, never mind. All right. <laughs> Buckle up. Our final first star of the day goes to Moonlight Graham. Moonlight Graham. Oh, there yes. we go. Moonlight Graham. Not Rose. But no, hell no. Graham, no. Hell no. No, Moonlight Graham, the only one that stepped up and actually saved that little girl as her parents... And everybody else is just standing around looking at her. What's wrong, honey? <laughs> well, you, uh, she's choking Child on a hot dog. She fell off the back of the bleachers. Nobody stepped up but Moonlight Graham, the freaking ghost. Despicable. <laughs> we got Blues pregame coming at you. Alex Fryer, it's going to take over. See ya.
You've been listening to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.